one, zero, go. Hello, welcome to Plaid Chat episode 90, presented, of course, by T-Mobile. I'm here with the regular crew of Degenerates, and Matt was just telling us about he's been watching YouTube videos of people eating sofa cushions. What are you talking so, about, so, you crazy so bearded man? Show, it was a show called My Strange Addiction, and it was all about the weird stuff people were addicted to. And evidently, there are just tons of people who are eating weird shit they're not supposed to be. Uh, I saw somebody, dude, they ate cigarette butts, which is horrible. Uh, they were eating glass. Uh, this guy was just munching light bulbs like they were munching they were fucking burgers. Bulbs. Yeah, yeah, like they were they were just like lollipops. I mean, but come on these, now. How are these people not having huge health well, problems? Well, all that, well, so this is the best part. So like like any like stupid reality show, they have to like try and like get them away from eating glass. And like yeah. they would go to a doctor and he'd be like, this is dangerous. You could really hurt yourself. It's like, who the didn't know that's dangerous uh there's a reason we don't eat glass because it's dangerous uh, uh come on now it also uh, has no nutritional benefit that's the only reason yeah i don't think that's the only reason we don't eat glass but it is a big part it of also it has no nutritional value that's a good point yeah there's, there's nothing you can benefit i have no idea how matt's gonna tie this back to being connected by t-mobile well that's not my problem that's josh's problem uh, he's well, the one who has to reel us back oh no, in no this this didn't have any link whatsoever i just really wanted to know about weird people i feel like that's how my, matt lives his life he just he wants well, to know about people weirder than himself in order to justify his own existence i'm not fucking weird <laughs> you're weird by virtue of seeking out this weirdness no i, I, I think a lot of people watch these shows honestly. yeah a lot of people They're watch very popular Really? They're I very popular. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, they're very popular. Yeah, they're for sure. It's like all the train wrecks. Johnny like, there or did he freeze? I don't know they if love Johnny's watching train there. wrecks. Like, that's why they watch Plat Chat, because they love what? watching train wrecks. Right. So right. Well, you know what? I actually, uh, this is actually funny, because this is exactly what we're doing. I was thinking, I was like, man, it takes us a while to start talking about Overwatch. You talk about, like, aliens and, like, all this other stuff at the beginning. And then I was like, man, maybe we should keep it more on topic. But then I just started the entire episode just talking about people who eat sofa <laughs> cushions and light bulbs, which has yeah. nothing to do with Overwatch. That's also the level of focus that you can expect from any member of Plat Chat. The, to come into this with a real idea of, oh, we should start on track. And immediately just, you are the cause of the problem of diverting the train off the tracks. I don't it's trust you, Matthew Johnny. Morello. It's usually Johnny. It is. I don't, no, I don't talk in the intros. I'm just quiet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. We're going to work on that over time. But hey, okay. you know... Thank you, Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> well, T-Mobile, huh? Educate me in the social skills, <laughs> yeah, please, sir. Uh, yep, yep. Good intro, uh-huh. Let's. Yeah. Let, what, what about them? What about them, Josh? Josh, you <laughs> nailed this. You all ever heard of those T-Mobiles? <laughs> you all ever heard of them? <laughs> I mean, I gave up. It was just nonsense. I did I did try and preempt it with, I don't trust Matt to loop it into T-Mobiles, the one to trust, but I'm not even going to try and go there. There's, we've lost control of the reins very early on. But I will tell you this, T-Mobile, they want to be the best in the world at connecting people to their world, to your world. And with so much of our lives these days happening through a wireless connection, nothing but the best will do. We rely on wireless to do almost everything in life, from big deals to everyday connections. So if you can't rely on your network, it can have big consequences. It's true. I love T-Mobile. T-Mobile's the best, honestly. That's why you can't just trust this stuff to anyone. T-Mobile is the largest and fastest 5G network in America. With coverage and speed like this, why wouldn't you go with the best around? That's my question. Why wouldn't you go with the best around? 
It doesn't make any sense not to go with T-Mobile. Exactly. Yeah. It's a rhetorical question. Thank you, Matt. You are oh, the best at rhetorical oh. questions because you never answer questions anyway. Mitch will oh, throw you, you up you a question. Baited. You'll just start doing play-by-play -play instead. Good question, well, well, Mitch. I, look at the diva. Well, I, I, I only ask, answer the good questions. Uh, he'll he'll say he'll ask me a question and I'm like, are you watching the fight? Like it's not over. Look at this other team; they're coming oh, back. Uh, uh, come on now. Uh, it, it, and somebody tweeted me this these these people on Twitter. Some of y'all are nice. Some of you are idiots. Uh, somebody tweeted me when Mitch did the whole Reaper copy pasta oh, after yeah. I sarcastically said like, oh, what the hell was that? And somebody tweeted me and they were like, oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't question your co-caster like that. It makes you <laughs> look pretty douchey that you didn't, uh, don't throw him under the bus so you don't know what it is. I was like. <laughs> I love that as well because it was Matt that started all of this. Yes, it's I, I was the one who, who mentioned it on the show the first time. Uh, no. they, talk trash they just don't understand the dynamic. Color commentator Matt in this Drake's Morello. Yeah. yeah, he knows best. Award winning. I don't even need the award. I'm waiting for the lifetime award. Wait, have you won an award? Huh? No, I was nominated. Oh, I was right. Nominated. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Nominated for many. You won awards. in my heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nah. Talking I didn't of win. talking about mad also, people on Twitter. Yeah. Um. We uh, we had we uh, I don't know whether you guys had the same response, but the uh, the power rankings thing that we did last episode, um, when we were halfway through the June joust. Yeah. It, it got posted to Reddit, and I assume that this is the reason that my Twitter mentions blew up, because normally, if we do stuff on an episode, people aren't tweeting at me left, right, and center. They just post a comment in the YouTube video. But I had multiple, like three, four different Houston fans getting really angry at me in my mentions. Oh, not angry, but like, they were, they were mocking at how low we had put them. They were like, fifth in NA, when they're seven and one, you yeah, clowns don't know arguments. what you're talking about. Yeah, that... Uh... That you me, need to yeah. post the power rankings to Twitter because that's what I do at the end of every week. I just put the power rankings for that week at the end of Twitter, and that's when you get the people going. Mm, then they're fighting yeah. in the comments. You get to look like a little Roman emperor putting your thumb up and down, watching <laughs> them as they fight. And like that's how you actually like I have a I've had comment chains on mine that are like 30 comments long of people oh, just yeah. arguing. So <laughs> oh, pissed yeah. over the rankings. And like that's how you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. People you would have gotten such insane engagement if you put you that's you know, Kurt. That's a free suggestion. Just put the power <laughs> on Twitter. The best, part, the best part is when they have that like 10 reply combo and then like two months later, the other guy shows up to prove him wrong. It's like, yeah, I told you so, dude. And it's like <laughs> fucking two months after the stage is completed and it's like everything's settled. No one cares. Yeah, I like, knew they yeah, would I told do it, you, I knew New York would be sick with Jonak and Scrimbox came in late. I was right. I, was I mean, like, I've always been a fan of Flora, bro. Talking yeah. about Scrimbox, man. People are genuinely trying to cash in their pre-season Scrimbox on New York and Atlanta. Oh, it's a yeah. different stage. I, and people are like, oh, the Scrimbox right after I all. did such a good job before the season. I predicted the hero pools. I predicted the hero pools meta. It all has planned. My pre-season like, pre, like, um, Scrimbox. I knew like, Senyata was good fan. I knew we'd be here with Double Seal. Oh, I'm so smart. Like, come on. <laughs> Sorry. What I'm, are you saying, Matt? Oh, uh, no, I, I, we're three or four patches since then. Uh, yes. Yes, there's been significant changes since then. Um, and, yes. and, and we can't let Johnny ever take credit for that because he also said in an episode for 30 minutes that the Shock should bench Violet for Twilight. No, mm. I did not say strictly that they should do that. I suggested it in practice. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, maybe that would have helped them this week. I don't think they so. They lost, so, maybe. I mean, maybe he's right. <laughs> Yeah, All right, well, we've done Twilight. We've done so much better. 
let's, Violet let's, is the problem. Let's start yeah, the there. Moira. I want to start with the Atlanta Reign here because they qualified for the June Joust playoffs. And I have been seeing... I, I mean, I, I think it was like two, three episodes ago, I gave the Bren's Player of the Week to Unter. I am still hardcore on this train that this has made a, a difference within the Atlanta Reign's kind of practice environment. Because... I mean, for anyone who's forgotten as well, Massa had that interview where he said that they had changed up how they were approaching practice. They were doing a lot more VOD review and that kind of stuff instead of just grinding practice constantly. I, I, feel, like, I feel like this team is not just Soul Dynasty where they're sometimes good and they're sometimes bad. It does feel like logical forward progression with Atlanta. It feels like they are improving over time. Yes. Uh... It actually almost even started a little... Well, you remember the beginning of the season, they were kind of rotating around the DPS a little bit, but now that they've... I mean, we haven't seen Edison in probably Edison since... played this Well, he played, he played one oh, map he against oh, the shot. He played, yeah. he played the oh, he played yeah. one map. Uh, because he was just map. playing Reaper. But yeah. mostly they've been just been playing Kai. Yeah. Uh, the entire time on the the Ash and the, the hit scan. Uh, yeah, you see Edison in here, but... But that's it. That's like, the only map he really played, so... But... Yeah, like they've been they've been on a roll and even with this comp, like you would expect them not to be great at it. Like I think their their best look is when they have like Gator on the Arisa and then Hawk on the, the Diva. That's when they really look like they're strongest. But even in this, they looked they looked good. Like Yeah, I mean Yeah, they did. Two two weeks ago people were like, Yeah, I don't wanna ever want to see Gator and Hawk play Winston Diva. And like here they are playing this comp and beating the shock with it. And it's like I you know, it, it's a big change. I don't think anyone anticipated that big of a uh change in uh teamwork, philosophy, everything that goes with it. So yeah, obviously very impressed by Atlanta Rain. We we should honestly have Unter on the show at some point. Or like do a separate show with Unter. Any I mean, team this, that is by the way, this might just be my crazed conspiracy theory. It might yeah. just have nothing to do with him whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I'm like. <laughs> what, what are you what are you doing, mate? Let's get Josh, the answer. Josh has got this fucking tinfoil hat on. He's waiting for the, the, the UFO documents to leak about Unter. <laughs> well, I mean, considering that their roster is essentially the same. With Pelican, but with Pelican, there's two new DPS, right? Their core is still the exact same players. There's not necessarily a lot to that's changed with this team, it's, right? It's, like a full, it's just the DPS. It's a full season with uh, Iris, right? Didn't they yeah. add him late? Yep. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did. Last I feel year. like they did. Many... They did add him late, but he was playing over Dogman like full time. Yeah, even with like 300 ping. So, yeah. like. Yeah. So I wouldn't really say the team has drastically changed player wise either. So I mean, also he's on low ping now. On, as compared to hyping, and he's looked a lot yeah, better. He's looked really it, good. Yeah, I think Iris has made a huge difference for this team, though. If you compare them back to like one year ago when they were playing with a very similar roster, but then with uh, with Dogman involved and slightly different DPS line, this this team did look very very different. Uh, the addition yeah, of Iris will... has made a big big change for this team. Yeah, I will say though, like we're praising every part of the team right now. So I mean, it's equally important to just say that. A large part of why Atlanta's been so good recently, and especially this stage, is just like the DPS stiff as well. So like we praise the tanks, we praise the support, but like <laughs> Pelican's performance on Echo, Kai being a complete you know uh, difference maker on hit scan as well. Like every part of this team is just like popping off and making a big difference. So you got you got to compliment and praise every part of it. Coaching players, like every role seems to be doing well for them. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a team, I would love to know. I I was when I was. Uh watching the game and after it i thought i was like when was the last time we saw the shock get like 3-0'd like that 
They got three out uh, by um, by a team really recently. Who was it by? They got three out by someone real recently. Is it Dallas. Um, uh, yes, in the, it was in the by Dallas tournament? in the main melee qualifiers, of course. In oh, the main in the melee knockouts, yeah. no knockouts, yeah. knockouts. In the knockouts, yeah. Sorry, I, I yeah. wonder if they've been three like over the the previous two seasons, their championship years. I wonder how many times they've been three would in the series. I, we, I mean, you can look through their Overdog GG page. And we when said I was going the through stats. The there not there was, very many. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was one time against the Philadelphia Fusion there at, in uh, in week twenty eight. There was very very few times. They just don't. They may really have gotten three would more this season than they have had in the last two seasons combined. Yes, they have. I mean, yeah, that's probably that's a very crazy fair take. So, yeah, that is ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, but I think that um, there was a big. I was having this debate with my chat earlier because I was talking to them about kind of. I was running through the bracket. I was reviewing the APAC vods with them just now before we started this episode. And there's a large section of um, of the community that believes that Shock just literally shit the bed in that game. That they performed significantly worse in their match against Atlanta than they did against Washington or against um, the Dallas Fuel earlier on in the stage as well. What do you guys think about that? Like, what what is the quality of the Shock right now? And did it get worse in the game against Atlanta? Or do you have to give credit to Atlanta Rain for beating them? I think you have to give credit to Atlanta for beating them. Uh, I also think, though, you have to acknowledge that when you have a team like the Shock, who's been as good as they've been over the last two seasons, a lot needs to go right. And, and, and like, you need a lot of heroic moments at the right time. And, like, he, you're not going to have that all the time. Uh, they easily could have lost, you know, some last year or the year before, right? Depending on how a meta goes or this and that. Like, uh, you know, they've had incredible players who have, bailed them out in certain situations that are very difficult. You can't rely on that every game against these top teams. So like, do I still think they're as good? I think this is definitely a championship team, but I think you, you see like they're not, you need those big moments and things to happen. They're not coming up as big as they have in the past. I think that's probably at least for me, the only big difference so far. Um, it, that matchup specifically, I said this in your chat too, but it's hard to get the message across in Twitch chat. But I think San Francisco Shock, they, I think they, they performed better in the other matches um, against Dallas and against Washington Justice because uh, they played mirror compositions against all teams. And so the emphasis is pretty evenly distributed between your tank supports. Like if your tanks and supports can outplay um, the other tanks and supports in the mirror Lucio Mara composition. I mean, you, you're just going to win that, right? Like if Smurf plays better than Mag or Fearless, um, if Violet and FD God has like nice sound barriers to coalescence, um, you know, that's going to make a big difference. I think in the matchup against the Atlanta Rain, it's just my five cents. I think those slower compositions, they facilitate damage players and grant them uh, more impact in the match and how it plays out. And so I think the DPS diff, I think Pelican was straight up like better than Nero. Um, and yeah. Kai as well, like Glister, in my opinion, like he, he, he's not going to take down Kai as it stands. Like, yes, he has some great moments against Dallas. Dallas didn't have a hitscan player at the time. Um, so I think that it, because it puts so much pressure on Nero, Glister, and Striker to perform, um, and Atlanta Rain just had Pelican and Kai pop, popping off, 
like there's only so much smurf and violet um and ft god i mean F ft god into a little bit but like there's only so much they can do in those slower compositions because they put emphasis on a different area in your team so those are just my five cents i mean it might be bullshit but well that, that's kind of how your I five cents isn't it my two cents yeah, but he's got five. Yeah, he, my two you've, added, you've added a lot of you've added a lot two of extra cents yeah. to that. Yeah, uh, but you know what? More. I respect you have a big opinion. Oh my god, I've used this. No, 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 no. I don't remember my five cents. I'm not. Yeah, is no, inflation? Is, is it inflation? Cents, is that what's yeah. happening? <laughs> it's inflation. <laughs> it must he's, be some he, inflation here. He's giving it to you in Dogecoin. I think. Uh, <laughs> Or I'm just like that much smarter, so I have five instead of two. Yeah, that's, he's two point five times. I think you're just fucking up something pretty easy. <laughs> that's that's oh God, very I possible to this too. Today. Oh, well, you you know, I think everyone just yeah. I think everyone just respects your opinion so much. We're like he's got a lot of he's got a lot of money in the game. He's here. got a lot of sense, that man. We have, to, we have to mind all those sense. I do think for shock and for the rain specifically, the you can't the rain right now. Pelican looks like the best echo. Currently. Yeah, I think so. Him and leave. Just Him legitimately. And leave, yeah, leave has also been really, really good. But I think the thing difference I see between Pelican and Leave is that Pelican also has just he legitimately looks like the best off tank in the servers as well sometimes <laughs> when he's played. Uh, which is why it's so impressive to me. Because Pelican legitimately understands they understand their win condition like so well here because this comp, even though people have said like, oh, it's not goats, but it's like it functions the same in that like you get a cooldown out and you kill somebody once the cooldown's gone and pelican really understands once he gets the dupe out who what player am i going to look for to force out more cooldowns and so we can isolate them um which is i think the arguably most important part of this comp on like a micro level and a macro level because like they're one in the same really and that so I, I feel like for rain when you look at them it's like this team is just currently has the player that probably understands their best in the most impactful role currently in the meta um but also shock did look characteristically uncharacteristically bad like there's so i've never seen the shock support line be so invisible ever like ever like fd god sure he's had some like man moments at times that's fine like he's not moth right but he still performed very well he's had great moments hey he's his position and his position has never been nearly as good as moss i would say overall but his position was extra bad this particular time and on top of that, Violet was having some like old Violet mistakes, like Violet mistakes you'd see every once in a while where he would get caught out and he would be in position, especially on like when they were playing like some him just realistically on the Moira here in this particular round, he would just get assassinated by Edison. Honestly, he died in Cole like twice, like mid Cole as soon as he popped it. Yeah, because he would yeah. just be in a position where no one. And honestly, that's not necessarily only his fault, right? Like maybe Choi should have been keeping an eye on those players like maybe ft got it particularly on the reaper it's on the lucio's job a lot to peel the reaper away from your back line to get the boop so there's a lot of interlocking pieces here but to me sure. i've never seen the, sh the shock support line look so flat i think for me though <clears throat> jonathan's point was that the um a lot of the match ended up coming down to the uh the slower base compositions but also shock did get flattened in this first map this wasn't it even did. close yep. It wasn't. Like, Atlanta were in firmly in control the entire time. They 100-0'd the first one. And this is about the only team fight that the Shock ended up winning. I guess they, they win, like, the initial one and early one to be able to get up to 55%. Oh, no. But my Atlanta camera. are very... Oh, my God. Would you fix your How camera, How does this keep please? happening? They're just... <laughs> just flopping around. Give us a smooch again. Oh. This camera is, like, super expensive, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this... Oh, my God. He's so big. He's the auto focus is so good, though. You've also gotten smaller now. <clears throat> yeah. I'm 
<laughs> You're so far away. Give your point, Josh. My point is that even though it was only one map, I thought that Atlanta also looked exceptionally good in this mirror. They they kind of yeah. dominated the shock. Yeah, and surprisingly good. The shock have been able to beat all like the crucial element to the shock winning against Dallas and winning against Washington was not just that they were able to win on some uh, escort or hybrid maps. Like, yes, they did fantastically on Rialto against Washington, and they did fantastically on Dorado against Dallas. But the, the actual bread and butter of why they won was because they were able to win control maps and take those away when they were playing the mirror. They were able to actually win in the mirror against those other teams. And I don't think that you... I don't know. I don't think that it's possible for a team to just get annihilated to, to you can't rate the shock highly enough to be able to beat dallas and justice but then not rate atlanta for being able to beat them i don't think oh that, yeah i don't yeah, think that I shock agree. was terrible in that opening map i think that when i was watching it i was seeing atlanta being way more active playing at a really high tempo and edison also just pounding oh sorry not edison sorry pelican pounding yeah Although Edison, I mean, Edison was did pound, also too. Good, Edison also had incredible moments. Sure, so. but the player in my head is like, Pelican was just Pelican, yeah. so much impact. And in those kind of comps, it's very hard to shut down the Echo unless your other Echo is going to try and mark them in the skies. But, I mean, people don't normally play like that when you're playing the rush comps. It's these slower-based comps where you're, you have more time to try and uh, shut Pelican down a little bit. The Shock also completely failed doing that. Is it weird to say... Uh... I mean, this is probably going to be like a Johnny, uh, you know, they should try it, Twilight FT God type of thing. Oh, comment. David. But <laughs> here we go. Uh, I'd like to see them play Glister more over Striker in certain scenarios, even like this. Uh, I, I think that they're going to need Glister in a big way over the course of the season. And I don't think he's so new to this roster and i think the the spotlight on the new players like him and nero and fd god is so bright that i think you you definitely run the risk of like you know later in the season needing him to come in and play ash in a big situation like the spotlight just being so massive to where like striker we know he can come in and pop off on the tracer and other heroes like i feel like they need to give glister some more run i feel Just like having play him... time to get comfortable yeah and i think like like how big of a difference could the reaper diff be between glister and striker like i i can't uh, at least for me i can't uh you know believe it's like hugely different yeah, like, how is he going to be a huge part of this roster where we've always seen some type of, like, throughout each season, some type of, like, hit scan that crop up and, you know, be incredibly important if he's if he's only playing in scrims and then, you know, the the off escort map every once in a while. Uh, I, I think they need to try and make him a bigger part of this team. Uh, at, at least that's my opinion right now. I can see the justification for that. I think it does hurt them a little. In the, I, I think all teams, though, are just focused on the short term. When you only have yeah. 16 games, regular season games in the season, you need to get the wins whenever you possibly can. Think so about very hard for teams to justify running somebody they think is going to be a little worse in the short term. <laughs> if you lose matches in the like, short term, you won't even get to the 
Like, but they almost games. did that with Ons last year. Remember, Ons didn't look great at the beginning of the year. Like, there were times where they played him. He, he was even playing, like, some Trace. So, like, he wasn't, like, the Ons we remember, you know, second half of the year, end of the year, right away. Uh, he kind of developed into that. Yeah, but and, he was also cracked out of control even at the beginning. In the first, yeah. in the first meta, I remember him taking some game time away from Striker and playing McCree, and we were like, "Holy fuck, this guy's good!" Right, but he wasn't like playing. He wasn't like, playing. We all didn't the time. see that for whole matches to no. where towards the end of the year. I mean, think about how many times he bailed them out in situations where like he would just like jump up on the high ground and just dome three people and like that just turn a fight like. Uh, they need to find that with one of their DPS uh, in a meta where Striker can't play Tracer. I think they miss that. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's assuming that we, the thing is, we haven't really seen how much hits can have we even seen from Striker so far this year, like in this particular stage so far, right? Like it seems like they were still confused about what they exactly wanted to play as well. And I think Striker has proven that Striker's hits can is good, like very good, can compete at the top level. And so if they're finding more success with Striker with the Reaper, which is more consistently the meta comp, then I don't know. I don't know if Glister... Like, and don't get me wrong. I feel like Glister... It, the, uh, Glister offers a very unique opportunity for the Shock and that he is far more flexible than Striker. And we know that his hit scan is very good. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of play time from him. But I don't know. I'm just... When you, when you see these clips too, when you're watching Shock play, like to me, the more I watch it, the less I think this is like a Glister Striker issue. The more I'm like, Shock don't know how to properly set up Nero at all. Compared to Pelican, when you watch how Rain play, Pelican, the support Pelican receives and also the setups they give Pelican allows him to just do so much more in all of these fights. In addition, because I feel like FD God, you know, everyone praised FD God as like, okay, this is a very aggressive player. He gets a lot of plays done, but in return, He's kind of a feast or famine support uh, sometimes when he plays against very top-level teams. When we value... It's, it's the reason why Moth was so highly valued in the offseason and part of Shock's success because Moth is the most balanced support player in the league still. He is the most balanced in terms of how he can handle his aggression and his defensive play. Like, obviously, he's been taking sort of a back roll that skewed a bit on the Brigida because skewed Brigida is amazing. But I still think Shock is missing the ability to have someone that's able to tune the tempo for them to be like, okay... We're playing like I'm playing a little bit more defensively and enabling my backline. Okay, now I'm playing aggressively and I'm enabling my frontline, right? And I don't think FD God has found that tune yet, like where they want to set it up. And Nero just seems like he's never in the position to get nearly as much value as Pelican in all of these fights. And also Pelican, like we saw in the earlier two, Pelican just no. I think Pelican just understands what he needs to do better on his dupes yeah, than Nero does I... consistently. I, I think it's a bit of a Pelican diff. I mean, in these compositions, the the non-mirror match we're watching right now, obviously Pelican has access to the Mercy, which is a massive advantage for him. He does, he does, yeah, for sure. Is a big is a big difference for them. But also, Pelican just understands when to take flank timings wonderfully, whereas I feel like Nero is still trying to get to grips with that. Like in this engagement as well, just no value found from the duplicate. Supercharger put in a weird position. They haven't gained any space off the back of it. It's... It, it It is sloppy, but I don't think that that was any better during the Dallas or Washington games, honestly. I think that he was just, he just hasn't been at the same. It's more so to say that Pelican is on another level compared to most of yeah. the other Echoes that are in the and league. And Rain just, know how to play around him extremely well yeah. to set him up for success. Well, I think Shock currently don't know how to set up their Echo for nearly as much success 
The other, right the other thing as well is I think Atlanta, especially Hawk, does a phenomenal job at being able to shut down win conditions for the Shock's composition. I'm just watching a lot of Hawk in these fights, and he's trying to boop the Winston and harass Smurf so that he can't gain any space. Whenever Striker teleports, he's on him with a defense matrix. And so these normal plays that you would go for where if Nero takes a bit of damage, he's straight at him to try and finish him off. The normal plays that Shock would go for are all getting shut down by Atlanta because they're preempting them. They're, they're realizing what's going to happen, and they've already got a plan in place to be able to deal with it. That was what was really impressive to me when I was watching this game. So I felt like a lot of the Shock flaws were, be, were forced errors. It wasn't just Shock fumbling their shit all over the place. It was that Atlanta were recognizing what they were trying to do and shutting them down early. I think a part, a big part as well of why people thought that Shock had stumbled and slipped on the banana was because Pelican was so open, especially on Hollywood, where the guy was just actually flying around doing whatever the fuck he wanted because they were so focused on taking Kai out of the fights. And they felt like if they didn't go aggressive onto Kai, they would just lose, I guess. So Pelican could just fly around and do whatever the fuck he liked. It, yeah, what, how do we judge... How do we judge the shock moving forward? Like, are we judging them off of what we've seen exclusively this season? Obviously, the two-time champions, but, like, they don't seem to kind of have that, like, I guess, like, almost, like, air of... Like, even last year when they would not win, you still kind of felt like they were always going to win in the end. Yeah. Uh, like, they don't have that kind of, like, air of invincibility, I feel like, anymore. And I think... It comes out in moments, you know? It's not consistent, but, like, sometimes you... I get that anyway. I get but that I think, feeling. though, like, the more times they lose to, in, in fashions like this and to teams like Atlanta and Dallas, it just gives all the other teams at the top of NA and APAC even more confidence against them. Definitely. Right? Yeah. There's some kind of mental battle that they had last year too where you, when you knew you were going up against the shark you knew you were the underdogs every single mm. time now it doesn't feel like it a team like atlanta could go against the shark and you might say that they're i mean you wouldn't most people wouldn't have said they're favored in this match but you coming out of it if they were to have a rematch you'd be like okay this is a winnable game anytime the dallas fuel play against them you're like okay this is a winnable game for dallas they 3-0 them it's not like, a, you know, when we see the Chuck lose in the past, it's these, like, epic, like, seven-game series that goes all the way down to the wire. And these teams are just coming in, just beating them and just bouncing like nothing ever happened. I mean, uh, I think that's that's how you have to... that That's what other teams are going to look at and say, like, hey, you know, these teams are just... Below, hey, this series is really just kind of like a blowout, right? Like, they're getting blown out by teams, which we haven't seen in years. Uh but I, it's going to give more confidence to the rest of the league. That's what uh, I think it was Yiska that tweeted the the uh, yeah. the statement that has inspired this lower third is the San Francisco Shocks era over because you don't just you don't have to. Um, ah, what's the best way of putting this? An era is normally defined by dominance, and I don't think the Shock, even though they've been a top team, they've certainly not been dominant in the same way that they were in 2019 or 2020. Uh, they, they had periods where it might have gone down a little bit, but this is now two stages where the Shock have not made the finals, not made the do stage finals. Team, I'm do you not think talking grand finals of the stage. stage. They just haven't even made it past the knockouts. That's, do you think this team wins a stage during the year? They're unlikely It's too to. early for me. So, like, what, the, the, my answer to this era question is, it's like, I feel like they have one more chance. Like, I feel like if... 
they go on to play really well. They're one of the top two teams who make it to the knockouts in the Summer Showdown, and then top two uh, going into the Countdown Cup, and then they qualify for the playoffs. I feel like, in hindsight, we'll still be able to say that like there's somewhat... Even though they're not as strong as in 2019-2020, there's still like a resemblance of the San Francisco Shock being who they are. I feel like they have one more chance before I'm officially willing to like call it like, yeah, this is not the same Shock. This is very different. The era is over. Like they're just another good elite team now. I don't know. I, maybe I'm putting too much respect on the San Francisco Shock as a franchise. I feel, especially with what we've seen with this roster, it feels like they're so close to making everything click though. Like... A few things, you know, a few micro things are like going wrong every matchup, some team synergy, some confidence, like players not peaking or playing as confidently as Anz did, as Rascal did, um, FD got inting a few times. I feel like they're so close, though, to being this top team and living up to their potential. Really? I'm not willing to just discard. You just said they were like close and then listed off like 15 different things that they need to fix. Yeah, but it's still minor <laughs> adjustments, you know? It's not like... They it's don't not like this team it. is bad. No, right? no, like, no, we're not no, talking about bad. a team no. that's fallen from grace. We're just talking about a team that's no longer 3 owing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's not well, that is what it takes to have a, an era at this point in time. Like The thing with your argument, Jonathan, is that they would have to go deep in every stage final and win the league from here on out to still have that era. Even if they, even if they went deep in every stage final and then came second at the end of the year, I don't think that you would call that a continuation of the shock era i think that that would still be like they have to actually be the best team in the league from here on out to continue with the benefit of hindsight they i mean it's objective right it's objective and i think i you just disagree with your subjectiveness which is fine i just think that like if they end up going getting like second as you say which is still very respectable if you get oh, second yeah. in the Overwatch League. Yeah. I still feel like you can look at the first two stages. It's a bit of a hiccup. They made a lot of player changes going through the season. Lost a lot of key players. So Lost, I, lost a lot of know, coaching staff as well. Coaching staff, yeah. Right, but these and, are... Uh, these are all... The coaching staff argument fell apart a little bit this week since both Junkbug <laughs> and 9K lost. Yeah. So. yeah. And Arachne is no longer part of the charge, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. I think, though, that the other teams have just gotten way better. The quality in yeah, the league no. is way, way higher. And it's not just a couple of teams. It's a bunch of teams. Shanghai is still as good as they were. Dallas has become incredible. And other teams like the Gladiators and the Atlanta Reign are breathing down everybody's neck. And then Washington as well, actually, looked really good. They rebounded fantastically from, uh, from their poor performance in week one. And they took shock to a five-map series. What, what do you guys think it would take for... But the sh if you looked back at the end of the season and you said this was still Shock's year, what would it take for them? What would they have to do for the rest of the year for you to say that? Shock's year, that's difficult. Man. I think for me, if they win the grand finals, that's my they, whole they would that's need my to, criteria. That's your only yeah, criteria, though. Because if they just planked all yep. of the stage finals, but they win at the end, mm. kind of like how um, London did in the first season or Seoul almost did like would that to you continue the shock legacy because i wouldn't they'd be the three-time champ like well okay so well yeah for me, they the would three, need it'd to be the three p that's really hard they, to they argue would, i mean if you win three, three times in a row how are you going to argue that it's still not the shock era right it yeah. still it would still be but they wouldn't it wouldn't just have the same feel right uh where i think if they were not to for me like I'd at least want to see them to make it to Hawaii the next two tournaments, right? 
Uh, I think that's a realistic kind of like not even win, just make it right. I think that's right. a realistic expectation. They can still finish like number one pretty much in NA or at least in the top three. Uh, you'd want to see that. Uh, and then obviously win at the end. Uh, but to win, a, a lot of shit needs to go right. Uh, the the meta's got to break the right way. You got to have a good grasp of it. Like it's not a, it's not completely guaranteed right you know look at soul dynasty last year they just like capiched around the whole year and then all of a sudden gesture just rolls out on the roadhog at the end and it just all clicks and works uh london season one they uh, i mean they, they had to send a bunch of people home just to make it work uh <laughs> i mean uh yeah it's not it's not as easy right uh i mean even even some of the stuff that the shock dealt with last year like uh, you know uh, Genji remains as good as he was. Like, what would they have done, right? They they didn't really have anybody who could pick up that role. Like, they picked up Tayo, but uh, he's uh, we we've seen him like three times since they've acquired him. Uh, they they could have been possibly in more trouble last year. Uh, it's just a lot on how these things shake out. Like right now, like if you were to like you were to say like echo is extremely prominent at the end of the year and like a huge part of it like you'd be a little bit worried like if you're the the shock like if it's some kind of like tracer with like ash type of thing like we saw a decent amount last year like okay now you now you feel a little bit better right you can play striker on the tracer glister on like ash like you you feel good about it i think it's it, it's going to take more than them being really good to get back to that level. They're going to have to have a lot of other things break right. They're going to have to have some teams underperform who are playing great right now. Uh, they're going to have to integrate some players that they, they haven't really found a great way to use yet or haven't gotten comfortable. And then they're going to have to have a meta shakeout in one of these like last three moments of the year where they're the best at, uh, which, which is tough. Can I have some copium? I yeah, yeah sure. Sure, let's hear it. If we consider the losses... Oh, yes, the Copium. I need it. I need it. If you consider the losses, they struggled against the Atlanta Rain in May Melee. Okay? I feel yeah. like they're a bit of, bit of a, the arch nemesis, okay? They lose okay. to the Atlanta Rain in the June Joust qualifiers. Um, and then they lost to the Dallas Fuel in the knockout matches as well. Um, who just came out with like this fucking monster performance? Like Dallas Fuel is like the best Overwatch League team, and they just got stomped because Dallas Fuel surprised them. Came came out with a super fast composition, um, just like rolled over them with the Symmetra. Really, like no, there's no other team that like stands in the way of that. That's just, yeah, yeah, that's just Dallas Fuel, yeah. And then, as I said, they struggled against the Atlanta Rain in the uh, qualifier match the day before. But I feel like the Atlanta Rain is like the nemesis franchise of the Atlanta Rain. And if they just figure out <laughs> the Atlanta Rain is the them, nemesis of the Atlanta Rain, it's <laughs> Dallas I mean, versus the fuel. Historically, that is true. Historically, <laughs> yes. that is also yeah, correct. That's that's true. True. Sorry, I'm losing it. Um, I feel like if Shock gets better and beats Atlanta at these slower compositions, like the double shield or the rush compositions that they struggle in uh, on the main melee, I feel like San Francisco Shock, they still beat the Dallas Fuel. They still beat the Washington Justice in these faster yeah, yeah. Winston compositions. So they've clearly figured out that part of their game. Like they understand how to play those Winston compositions at an extremely high level. And they beat the best teams in the league. Like Washington Justice, th their best compositions are Winston too. Like they got Mag, Fury, and Decay. 
That's no small feat. And you beat the Dallas Fuel, the main melee champions. Obviously, there's something good to take away from that. The only real matches they've struggled is that one Dallas Fuel match where they just got stomped, and then the two Atlanta Rain matches. So I feel like if they figure out these slower compositions, they'll consistently and reliably just be like such a good, well-rounded team. That That's my copium for the shock, though. Okay. Like, I feel like there's not a lot separating them from being a good team to being an elite team that can compete on every composition. I've got some more copium as well for you. Because I feel like a lot of the way that we think about the league this year is based on the stage finals, but they don't actually reward that many extra league points, especially if it's different teams always making it. If it's the same teams making it over and over, then yeah, they're going to rack up unbelievable amount of points and get a crazy lead. But if it's different teams constantly making it, then just doing well in the regular season is going to be what makes you go deep in the playoffs or at least have a high seed for the playoffs. And the Shock is still 7-1. and one. Like they, They've actually won all of the games against top-tier opponents in the regular season apart from their game against the Houston Outlaws. They, they mean, beat Dallas in the June Joust, and they beat the Washington Justice just recently as well, even when Washington looked better. So it's, I feel like some of this is us overrating the importance of stage finals a little bit because at the end of the day, they have still been getting the Ws on the board in the regular season. I think they're second overall, aren't they? they? they Behind are, Dallas? Uh, no, they're... Th- Third, yeah, third overall. Okay. They're behind Shanghai, and they're oh. behind uh, Dallas. Yeah, sorry. The scariest Shanghai part is, like, if Dallas were to win again, or if Shanghai were to win, you know, those teams boost themselves up in league points. Uh, yeah, but also, man, at the end of the day, getting to the playoffs in first seed compared to third seed is probably not going to make the difference of, like, whether or not you go deep. Because most of the time um, we have some like double elimination system. You're going to have to face off against some weaker teams anyway. I don't feel like the difference is well, monumental least, when you get to the end. At least being in that top three, though. Because the top three in NA are guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Right. Uh, the others have to play in like a play-in scenario. So right sure. now, I mean, they have the same amount of points as the Outlaws. And they're only one up on the Gladiators and like two up on the mayhem and the justice and then Atlanta who's there, you know, if Atlanta were to win, they would actually jump up and tie the shock and the justice uh, and uh, in the outlaws. Sorry. So like you're, you're not completely out of the woods on that. Like the the worst thing for them is that they keep playing well in the regular season and never make a Hawaii and let teams like Atlanta, the justice, the gladiators who are right on their tail in terms of regular season performance go and get points. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the best thing for the shock, honestly, is if Dallas just wins again. And if Dallas keeps winning, because then at least yeah, they'll maybe be come second. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Which it's actually better. Very, very likely. I think at this point for them, that Dallas is going to keep winning. I don't know. I personally, I'm not going to call the shocker over until they don't win the Overwatch League. Okay. That's it. That's my one condition. That's it. If you oh. win a third year back to back, I simply don't give a shit if your regular my... season's still really good and you win again. I just don't I care. I hope they make it far in the, the overall playoffs because I just do not want to hear the people who will talk about the previous two years and be like, well, see the league. Like, they're just learning the best players in the league. They were all, you know, contenders. Like, that's why they were winning. Like, they're just dominating people who weren't any good. Like, who is making that argument? There will be idiots that do. Uh, oh, the look, argument is just going to be like the teams need to shuffle a bit more and yes, spread be out people some coaching. On, there'll be people on Reddit who they will make any argument. <laughs> there are people <laughs> that need just... couch cushions, Matt. 
We yeah. talked about that too, you know? So, I mean, I feel like I, at this point... I, I, I just don't want the sense. players to see that. I don't want to see that. Like, that would just be ridiculous. All right, well, let's move on to talking about the Dallas Fuel. Avas just talked about them. It, they, they've got to be the odds-on favorites to win the June Joust as well, right? Is that, yes. is that agreed? Because I... I I'll I'll get to my bracket prediction I think, later, I but I still think, think they're on favorites. After the performance, rain looking not terrible. Yeah, rain not yeah. looking terrible. Okay, yeah. but in terms of Dallas, do we think they've actually gotten better since they lost to the Shock? Because they believe they have. I think mm. they have marginally. I don't think they've massively improved, but I think they seem to have added um, new ideas to their game in terms of how to beat the uh, non-mirror compositions like Sparkles, yes. Doomfist coming out and the Genji and they are making those instant swaps and they know what a game plan. They're not just winging it, right? They're not just telling Sparkle, pick yeah. Doom and we'll fucking wing it and try and win. They have a clear yeah. plan in mind of how to mitigate their their weaknesses in this meta. Agreed. I yeah. don't think they're substantially better, but I, I think they do look a little bit cleaner and like you mentioned, they do have some of those like swaps and I think it's it, it's sometimes it's a little bit predictable on like if they're going to change depending on if Sparkle or Doha's playing the Echo or not. Yeah. Because uh, typically, if they want to you know, move away from this, uh, they'll have Sparkle play the Reaper because that's kind of what they sub out. But even then, like, what are you going to do as the other team? You can't build around you know Sparkle pulling out Genji and just running through you or Doomfist and just like popping off like. Uh, and I, for me, I think Fielder's just been tremendous as well. Uh, the, the, it, I, we talked a little bit about uh, Iris now playing on the low ping. I think that has uh, definitely helped out Fielder not oh, playing through the middle yeah. of the night on the high ping. Can you, he can looks you believe, like a, by the way? He looks like a different player. People were trying to tell me that Fielder was not a top-tier flex support coming into the league this year. Win. I, Win. Uh, who are the you these people? Uh, the, who do you read? No, where are we getting was, this information? It was from? a very common theme coming into this season that people didn't rate Fielder on the same level. I assume because he'd only been able to play Anna as much last year when he was playing with Paris, and so they didn't rate him on the same level as people like Tiaki, Violet, Alarm, that kind of thing. I think this guy is as good when it comes to the top level, especially when it comes to his Moira and his Anna. This guy's a freak. He's he's unnatural. He's so good. Yeah, yeah, he is actually crazy. I think I I remember when I said that Doom was gonna be good. By the way, potentially they played it. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I I just wanted to. I just wanted to say they played it once. They played it once. But I legitimately do think when you see this Glass match in particular, because I'm I'm not counting the Houston match because the Houston match was essentially this. It, it was it was it's we'll, like we'll the, talk it, about the know. Houston match. Yeah, that's was not gonna talk, I'm not gonna include that. But this Glass match when you watch this. I agree with everything you said, Josh, because they realize that, like, okay, we're not going to play hit scans, so we need to have effective swaps. And I legitimately do believe, especially if they want to beat teams like the Rain or even Shanghai, you have to be able to flex onto a comp to deal with the hit scan. And, yeah. like, when you're playing against these slower comps like BAP, Brig, or even we've seen, like, the Moira Brig one in the slow comps, not yeah. the rush comp, but the slow comp at least. Um, and to, to, I legitimately think point. it's pretty good for, if, since Sparkle's Doom is so good. Yeah, to that point, I, I feel like the parallel could be Soldier 76 in the main melee, where Sparkle brought it out to counter Echoes. Yeah. I feel like if for June Joust, the pick could be bring out Doom to counter the Brig comps. Yeah. And I feel Definitely. like that would be the... 
Yeah. You know, the hero pick. Yeah. And, sure. and it's it's so much to Dallas Fuel's credit that they figure out these kind of things. And also to Sparkle's credit that he has the flexibility to play them, but also the expertise on the Doom and Genji. Because now we're not talking about something that Sparkle isn't known for, like Soldier, where it's like, holy fuck. <laughs> Why is he, like, how did he even think to try and play that? And he's actually pretty good at how he's positioning and, and shooting. Doom and Genji are his bread and butter. You couldn't get more yeah. sparkle than those picks. You just can't get any more in his comfort. Um, and But but he is... God, this kill was bullshit on Martha. That is crazy. <laughs> this kill was such bullshit. I wanted to talk about this, though. This map was really fucking close. This map came down to the wire on both of the rounds that were played. I feel like the Gladiators were just inches away from being able to take this series, but it consistently went the way of Dallas in like all of the clutch moments. Oh yeah, Gladiators looked really good. Gladiators looked really, really good during this. I think Space had his best performance I've seen from in ages. Like yeah. this is the best performance I've seen from Space the whole season. And he looks so much better. In addition, once again, putting out to the void, Bird Ring literally should never be benched by this team and should always be playing. Like yeah. literally all the time. It's yeah. disgusting. In fact, I know all the EU simps are like, Kevster's so good. Kevster's so good. But the reality is, this team would not make it nearly as far without Bird Ring. Bird Ring kind of just benched, like just hardcore bench pressed Gladiators <laughs> at some points into like these huge moments. His, his awareness on the map is like so good too. Oh, is, the way yeah. they went for flanks. He got shut down hard by Dallas though, because Dallas are just playing really well. And uh, they're. Dallas has continued to be the most well rounded team right now in the Overwatch League, legitimately, even despite the fact that they have huge holes in their roster for hero pools they yeah. continue to be the most well-rounded in terms of like understanding win conditions and comp swaps is it weird i still feel really confident about the gladiators through the whole season like no, i like, no. they, they yeah. haven't really looked like uh well this, the first stage obviously they didn't look great but like uh, to your guys point i thought this match was like super competitive like if the gladiators uh you know um, i think the gladiators would have put up a better fight against the rain uh than the shock did by far yeah, but like, yeah for sure stylistically uh, i think i agree with that yeah like uh i think this is just a really tough matchup with the team who very well could win the the whole tournament right uh, yeah i i think the gladiators though they're they're definitely trending in the right direction for the rest of the season i think uh more uh more bird ring in the the lineup uh, i also wonder uh you know, Kevser making his way to LA, if that's ever going to be a thing, getting. Yeah, it happens this week, actually. I, th I oh, think it's happened this week. Wait, really? Oh. It's coming. I, I believe so. I don't know where I heard that from. I believe it happens this week. So you're just. You're just randomly just throwing a, that out just into a the void? heard it, huh? Yeah, what? <laughs> I, I, I can't remember the sources on that, but I think that's happening. <laughs> okay, guys. Sure. Kevser's showing up, and also he's eight feet tall, and he's 300 pounds pure muscle. Too. But I mean, so look at what that's first. done for. Uh, the LA Gladiators like tweet this out or something. Look at Possible. what that's done for like uh, Fielder and Iris. Like, what do you think that's going to do for a yeah. player like Kevster? It could, it could, uh, it could, I mean, and could improve it drastically for sure. Uh, so I, I think only good things for the Gladiators in the future. Uh, I think some of the players that even I didn't expect things from this season, where like Skew does look really good on the brig. Uh, they've seen that final role he for has, him. Yeah. Uh, I think a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confident this this stage re-energized my hope for gladiators. Essentially, I have become much more confident in them after seeing the performance here, and especially seeing what I feel like. Yeah, Skewed had good performances, but this stage in particular, when I was watching Skewed play Brigida, I was like the the seeds of the of the tree that were planted in the Skewed Brigida like palm. They have they have flowered because Skewed's Brigida is legitimately insane. He's like he actually does not miss flails. 
No, he, like ever. he's crazy. He literally doesn't miss flails. And it's insane how much value that gives for you in this comp because your Brigida always has to hit the flails to deny like Winston, things like that. And he just never misses them. So I do think that this is a very, if you're a Gladiator fan, you should feel a lot more hopeful. But at the end of the day, Dallas Fuel are looking continually just to be the most well-rounded team in the league right now. Yeah. So can we can we take a look actually when this uh, when we finish the end of this clip cut at uh, at Junkertown or Hollywood? Well, even Hollywood as well, man. Dallas Fuel clearly do have um, still some problems in their game. They got full held on Hollywood, and that was clearly. A, a, like hardcore counter strat coming out from the gladiators putting mirror in he plays torbjorn they just played torb reaper and they just annihilated dallas whenever they went for these dives onto the point. one time uh when doha tp to the high ground behind them on the hollywood i think you guys were casting that right yeah, yeah. and they had no idea he was there yes <laughs> thought, yeah he was just hiding was up madness. top yeah that was a bit crazy but other way, than that, i can't find the kevster and a shit so maybe i'm just wrong you don't just maybe, be I just, shit. maybe I'm just talking shit on the podcast. Very possible. Oh. Well, ask, ask the... playing classic WoW, just throwing out uh, accusations. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, it is true. But uh, yeah, the I mean, this final team fight as well was crazy. This this could have gone either way multiple times. This series, this series could have gone either way. To be honest, what does uh, that yeah. do about your confidence levels for Dallas? Do you feel like? Because I think most people would say they're the favorites, but I even though this was a 3-1 game that they won, I felt like they did get tested, and they still, while they've done a good job at shoring up some of their holes, in my opinion, they should have lost on Junkertown as well. They should have been full held by the Gladiators. I think Gladiators kind of beefed that. And then you go into a fifth map, which is another control map, and this one was so close. I think there's definitely opportunities for them to lose. I, I don't know whether... I don't think they're the same unstoppable juggernauts in this. Well yeah i think you can say that i also think you can look at this as almost like a uh a pre-final final in the sense that like you you felt like these potentially are the two strongest teams in the entire league at this time uh really? where if the if the gladiators were go if the deli the gladiator if we're sitting here today and the gladiators ended up beating the the fuel 3-1 we're talking about the gladiators as potentially the favorites to win the entire thing where, yeah, but that's also, uh, I, but you're, that's also the world in which they they are not worse than Dallas, but better than Dallas. So of course they'd be the well, favorites. I mean, I, I well, Josh, I if they had won, is, consider that. Yeah, if they had won, <laughs> what about that? Yeah, uh, no, I think I, I think you, I still feel really good about Dallas. You like to win even the the June Joust, but I, I think this is almost like a. You know, if the Gladiators would have won, this is like a, almost like a little pre-final. Like this could have been the two best teams that we had in the whole league at this point. Could have been. Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting both Shanghai Dragons and the Atlanta Reign to integrate more Torb into their play this week in practice because they show, like, Gladiators showed how good it was on Junkertown and um, on Hollywood here. Yeah. That being said, though, I would be scared now because Dallas Fuel got this experience under the belt. And like you talked about earlier, Josh, like how they integrate new things into their game and how they're adapting. This is now scary because Dallas Fuel, they know their weakness. They've played against it and they have the chance to study it before the weekend. So like they could even come out and just like, they're, they're we haven't gotten there yet, <laughs> but their target prioritization versus the Houston Outlaws and like how good that was and how they made like the Houston Outlaws look silly. They could maybe find something 
that um you know would expose the Torbjorn composition in a similar fashion and just be dominant against those teams well. So I, I you know Dallas Fuel they struggle in this series. That could be the answer to play the Torb to beat Dallas Fuel, but also they could just start exposing that composition because they're the Dallas Fuel. And that's look at do. the health of the Gladiators players in that fight. Mirror this is was also down to such five a silly HP. fight that Shu wins. Space was <laughs> about wins to be one. Uh, so weak. But I think at this point, if, if you're a Dallas Fuel fan, you should feel confident because the thing is, both your biggest opponents, in my opinion, coming into this are going to be like Shanghai and the Rain. Yeah. And both these teams have stylistic differences to them. But Fuel have now proven they can beat a team that counterpicks them very well and also yeah. has that counter style. And like, based off how Fuel's look so far, you should feel extremely confident in the Fuel. Like, if Fuel had made this match even closer or if they, you know, obviously if they lost, like, and you're like, oh crap! Like, do we are we are our hero pools like as our hero pool solution? You know, the lack of a hit scan and such is that really going to hurt us? Obviously, they have pine, but we haven't seen pine play yet. So who knows how that's going to fill into the roster? But since they won this, in my opinion, fuel have shown they are continuing to be the most adaptable team, and you should have no confidence issues about them, right? They can still have some tough matches, but you should not be unconfident in yes, um, yeah, absolutely. Them. Um, yeah. Also, I just wanted to ask about the pine question i've still seen this i was talking about it with my chat and people in the chat were like hey they could play pine because they won't have a ping difference he can just play from korea what thoughts it's to me thoughts? that's silly that's pretty yeah this would, require, this would require a rush this would require the you know we've had the moon marijuana the crusty crack pipe what is we the would rush? Have to, I don't even I don't even know what the rush what is the what is an R drug? I don't know. It would be like a Ritalin, but that doesn't work because that's just like Adderall. So I mean, maybe the rush Ritalin, like I guess. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like Do this. people say smoking the rhubarb? Some uh, some rush rhubarb. The, uh, the rush rhubarb. I mean that could work. The rush root. Yeah, the, the, the rush root as well. The root. Yeah, is the root good. could work. I mean, I think in that case, it's because it's just strange because they've already shown they can beat the counter comps and they've been practicing with Ross for the whole stage, right? Exactly. So all you do is blow up your synergy before the stage. Uh, finals, I mean, that would be ridiculous. Silly. I mean, if they if they played Pine, like think about this: like Pine is like he's like oh, I don't want to be called the big boss. Like it was a lot of pressure being in the league. And then if they just fucking chucked him in here at the end, like, like how, how worse of a way to integrate yeah. somebody could you fucking think of? Like, what if, yeah. if he popped off then? Then I'd be like, fuck it. Like, Rush is the smartest yeah. person. The, uh, Rush is like, the smartest uh, coach ever exists. I yeah, I couldn't think of a... I mean, the, the, the only worse way to, like, integrate a player would be, like, uh, you know, the, the shock... Uh, make it to the finals this year in a, a game seven they put in tayo and we haven't seen him in 18 months like i mean come on like yeah. like what you want to see we all want to see pine succeed uh the way he succeeds is not coming in here without any practice and just just winging it on Junkertown, picking Widowmaker here in the June Joust finals. Like, it's just not how it's just not how it works uh it's not, i mean not how pine like who he is either like when Pine does good, yeah, we praise him for it. But when Pine does poorly, it's like I physically cringe because it looks so bad when he underperforms. If they like, ask when he to goes go for the these, he'd probably be like, "Fuck no, I'm and, not going in the game." Yeah, it, Pine <laughs> needs to come out confident and consistent. And you're right, Matt. It, it's yeah, just play him. Play him against the the, the play. You, you want to play him on ping? Wait till you got the Titans. Uh, the Spitfire, uh, who else? Well, play him against any of those teams uh, yeah. on 300 ping. Don't play him here. Yeah. All right, then. Um, what the Dickens did we have next? Houston Outlaws? The Houston the Titans Outlaws. Just catching strays there. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so this, 
this game, while it wasn't the most... I don't know, man. This wasn't actually the most important game of the knockouts by any means, but it raised some of the most kerfuffle in the entirety of the Holy community. Fuck, yeah. I think mostly just because... Maybe because it was the Battle for Texas and people got emotionally invested, but people came out of this really pissed at Houston. Like, pissed at them. And I can understand why you would be annoyed, but some of it was just bonkers. Like, the kind of shit I was seeing on Reddit and Twitter was like, the, the fans were out for blood. And this yeah. comes back, I think, to my original comment about setting your expectations successfully. If you... If you if you believe that we were clowns for putting Houston in fifth, then of course you're going to expect them to win this game and maybe win the whole of the June joust. But then you're, you're dumb. You need to set your expectations properly, and then you won't feel as ridiculous when the team flops. I don't think it was unreasonable to say that Houston had a chance in this game, but they had to do very specific, incredible things to outplay Dallas. Who wants to start? I oh, mean, it's just, me and it's just us two. I mean, well, first of all, I don't even think that's like that. That a, I agree with the narrative, but that's like implying that Houston came out and like played the right things. Is <laughs> the mean, first did, part right? They played some right things on this first map. I mean, the the comp looks all right. I mean, I would say this. I would say right now this. Like this particular comp, when you see on screen, this is a rel this is a pretty synergistic comp, right? But yeah. as soon as we got off this and we yeah. arrived to the Brigida Moira, which was the majority of the series for Houston, and you played Rush, then we were no longer allowed to say, "Well, you know, your expectations were too high," because I just didn't see the same Houston, right? Like, granted, did I think Houston was ever going to win this game? No, but like the point being is like. Lots of people did. Lots of Houston fans. They were finally excited. Like, it's been three years. We get to see Houston be good. Like, yes. But not realizing that, like, there's a massive gap in this team still currently. And also, they played Brigida. They played Brigida more rush. And, like, there's just, <laughs> there's just no... There's no justification. It. There's no justification. There is, there's no justification for it, really. Like, you could see what they were going for legitimately. It's like, okay, well, Juby is going to... Especially on, like, Eichenwald. It's like... Juby is going to pocket our Echo player, and our Echo player is going to win the duels. But the problem there is that Juby then got walked over like a doormat the entire time, <laughs> and it was just a really sad time for Mr. Yeah. Jubinton, and he did not get to play the game, and it never worked at, at any point. So, and then, you know, Houston fan, also Houston players, I think, players are taking this, like, I get why they're really upset because it's because I feel I don't think any of these players are dumb and they probably realize holy shit this comp was bad like yeah. afterwards and they're getting really defensive about it and people are like calling them out and I don't know what what type of hate the players receive themselves like they were probably like if people were out there criticizing like Dante or Happy I'd be like you guys are just morons right because like obviously they're not set up for success because their comp is tragic now people are criticizing Juby I'm like okay sure but Juby probably didn't choose to play the Brigida. I, oh yeah, it's not like Juby was coming out here with the strap book being like, move yeah. over junk buck, I've got a plan. <laughs> I've got the Brigida here, right? Dude, like, it, oh. it makes no sense. Like, th their entire June Joust is just very odd. Like, they signed Dreamer, we didn't expect him to play much, then they play him on Ball and Orisa, but then sometimes Jungu comes in to play the same exact things. Uh, when they wanted to play Brig exclusively, they've had jake in the game but then here when they played brig they had juby in dante's yeah, look great on the echo 
Dante's look great on Echo the entire time, then you take it away from him. Uh, it just... It, 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 maybe they got a little bit too, like, uh, like big brain. They thought they were, like, uh, gonna, yeah. gonna game it a little bit. I don't know, but... Yeah, uh, it just happened. I, I think if you're an Outlaws fan, or even if you're the players, like, yeah, like I've said, like, there's no way the players probably thought, like, this is the ideal composition as Dallas is just ramming through them. Uh, what I don't understand is why... Okay, I mean, I can kind of understand this, but I feel like they fundamentally misunderstood how dangerous Dallas Fuel's comp is if, if they actually dive on top of you. And yet, at no yeah. point did Houston try to back off and try and force Dallas to dive short and give or happy they... space to operate. They just tried to hold their ground against every dive and got massacred. They they weren't well, trying to do these little disengages to give Happy some space. They just or, face tanked it. Or if you're gonna play like this, just play with Atlanta plays. Put Dante back on the Echo. Put Juby on Mercy, and then have Happy play like the Ash or something. I mean, they also play don't that play way. that on Control, right? Because Control. I mean, maps yeah, you're not gonna, too, I mean, this you should just be playing Rush, right? Too but, small. I mean, like that was the, that was the also crucial part too, right? If this was the comp that was dreamed up by the coaches, why was their spacing so bad? Yeah. on this like because you see it every round where and you talked about it just now why the hell was juby fucking and happy there, ready to just take the fight in the, against <laughs> the entire rush right like that's madness it's literally yeah. like the game of thrones scene where they have like john snow stand up against the cavalry charge like solo <laughs> like as the entirety of the fuel fucking comes at them it just it's it's madness i actually i and the thing is i see what they're going for with the comp the comp you can yeah. see their wing conditions and what they're trying to play you could see it when they were going when the brigida were too like right here style. but i mean this is just clearing space nothing's even fucking happening right now like they're just clearing space but the point being is like in this upcoming fight you're gonna see them get rushed out again and they're just gonna get walked on top of and it's like why yeah, where's just... our spacing where's our spacing here right this well, is the first time they probably space properly but they're still not spaced that well I mean, they were trying to do the spacing, though. Like, that's where I think I disagree with two of you a little bit. It's like, I could see them sometimes playing Happy far back. It happened on Hanamura a lot. Like, their spacing was good on Hanamura, where Happy, well, not on attack point A, but, like, Happy would distance himself from the rest of the team to play further away. So they were obviously trying to do that. The problem was they couldn't apply any pressure on the Dallas Fuel to force the bad dive. And so they, like, Houston would overextend to try to poke Dallas, but that just made it easier for Dallas to dive. Like, it, the, the execution was just all wrong. I think the I game plan was see, there. I can't see how that's... I don't even think that's the right spacing still, because you can't only split happy, right? Because then Juby just gets run at, or right? So that's sure. the issue, is that, like, the whole... I feel like they have to play their whole back line split from their whole front line. Also, I'm just saying, to. I think the idea was there, but the execution was just wrong. But like, why I do think they now? were generally trying to do that. I don't know. When I you personally the don't other... think they big brain themselves. I think that once again, and the fundamental issue with this team still is that their support lineup put, has put them in a situation where they're trying to do things to change it up because they don't have an optimal support lineup. Is the is the real problem the here? And I don't think it's a big brain thing. I think they're saying there was like, well, fuck, like we want to play Brigida, but Jake's our best Brigida, but also he Jake is not Lucio. a player. Jake is not a support player. Like he's not a support player, right? And then we have Juby. It's like, oh, Juby's Lucio is great, but he doesn't feel as confident on the other heroes. So then it was like, well, what the fuck are we going to do, right? So we have to yeah. find these weird sort of setups to like, maybe, and then also maybe it's like, oh, well, I'm Dante has been doing well on the Echo, but maybe Happy performs better with 
um, less like with less of a pocket, right? In their scrims, maybe happy, like they could deal with the fact that Juby's on the comfort pick. And so happy performs a little bit better because they're swapping their supports to me. All of this leads back to the support lineup. Every time when I look at Houston, well, but then it, the, it leads back. What to the is the answer lineup. there though? Well, there is no answer. That, even before that, though, Avast, I think a lot of people who are Houston fans understand that um, that Juby's a little limited and wants to play Lucio, which is why it boggled their little brains to see Lucio. him play Brig. Yeah. And, and yep. he didn't yeah. play the Lucio. People are like, why would you play him on this worst hero? I, you may as well just commit like, to you may as well just commit to the Brig and put Jake in at this point. See, now this is the true tragedy for sure, is this. This is like the first control map you can like, okay, like they're trying something out. This is the tr this is where we saw an unbelievable tragedy unfold before our eyes as Jubington was hunted down like a rabid dog and just yeah. taken out every time. Yeah. It was just was. a sad time. He was already a, a target in the previous maps, and now he was just an even easier target. And also, the entirety of Houston can't match speed against Jexa at all. They're just sitting ducks. They're getting overwhelmed. Yeah. So we're talking about spacing issues. They become even worse when you don't have you don't have a tanky composition and you don't have speed boost to be able to navigate your way around. And Did like, we? if Juby wants to try and bash somebody as they engage, then he doesn't have the bash to escape. And if he's trying to whip shot someone as they engage and then bash away, why the fuck wouldn't you just play Lucio? Is this, uh, did we not see them play in week, uh, three up until this point? No, they took a long so this break. Had, this had to be something that they kind of like, concocted in their break because they didn't play anything like this leading up to it um we saw some other teams play brig moira as well so maybe the meta went that way in scrims but only but we like, only saw people play brig moira with orissa no one else was playing brig moira yeah, with, with winston comps yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it was Absolutely. a tragedy i think they were boomed on eichenwald for you know for what it's worth i think they were just boomed on by this map like they maybe. even got boomed on like busan the way they got brutalized on busan was like disgusting yeah, so, I, I think I, this is a rough one. I also, I also want to propose another theory for us to examine here. And uh -huh. I think part of the reason why the narrative was so strong for Houston coming in and people were still being, oh, Houston's still really good. Houston had a ridiculously easy stage. Yeah. A ridiculously it, it, easy stage. They had a weak strength of schedule, yeah. They had an insanely easy stage, the stage for them where they played like London Defiant. Uh, I think they played, yeah, they Jordan played Mayhem, also Mayhem, who also looked pretty, who looked pretty rough. And the yeah. only good team they played, and then, yeah, they lost to Atlanta, the only good team they played in the regular stage, and they got, you know, they lost. So I don't think, I think people's expectations were really high because they had a good stage one without realizing that this stage was way worse for them and just overreacting to the strength of schedule. I think it's very hard for fans to understand strength of schedule, though, because it does change a lot from May Melee to June Joust. Like, if you see Houston beat Mayhem, if you're just a yeah. fan, you're like, well, that's a really sick win. That's a great win in that game. But when you watch the match and you see that Mayhem didn't really have their best performance in that match, you have to adjust the strength of schedule very rapidly in your head because yeah. the meta changes so drastically. Like You need some level of insane recency bias to Listen, go from hero pool to hero pool when you only have four matches in each. Like You have to drastically change in your brain like what value <laughs> winning over a certain team has. Yeah. Even you guys week remember to week, when... Um... Dave? When Sideshow said that Washington Justice were worse than on a Spitfire. I, I do remember that. I stand that by nice. that for that week, but Washington looked <laughs> enormously better. They did look fucking trash. But, uh, that's, uh, but that is also sorry, kind of sorry. Was, part yeah. of it is that what Washington went from being crap. I mean, like, none of you guys as well were arguing that they were the no, they third worst, yeah, right? Yeah. I think we rated them yeah. as third worst. Ooh. 
So yeah. So even if we ignore my hotter take of them being second worst, third worst to being, I don't know where would where would top they finish six? towards the end? Like top. Honestly, five? I thought I thought they were like a top four team by the time they finished. No joke. Oh, Ju- yeah. Justice looked so much better that I was like, holy shit! Like, yeah, this team is actually. It's a shame that they inted the first couple matches because they would have done well in um, the playoffs. Uh, you know. The Outlaws have gotten all of their easy matches out of the way. Uh, okay. So their schedule the rest of the way looks... Uh, the next tournament, they'll have uh, Shock, the Corpse of the Vancouver Titans, uh, <laughs> Uprising, and Fuel. Why'd uh, you put it like that, Matt? I mean, it's true. It's <laughs> and, uh, I'll get it. But actually, it. <laughs> that isn't that bad of a stage, Matt. They well, play against on. Titans and Uprising. Their final stage before the playoffs is... Justice, Rain, Mayhem, Gladiators. Yeah, that's tough. Depending on how good those other middle of the table. You have like you only are. have like one free win in there, though. Like out of those eight games, the Titans one is the only one that's like a guarantee. Like Boston as well, but the other ones are pretty tough. And Boston, I don't even think is a guarantee because Boston can have moments where they look like pretty decent. Mm. So it it just I think also though it depends on what. Uh, the final stage meta actually looks like, you know, if you're playing against rain, mayhem, etc., gladiators for that final stage, they could either be incredible or pretty mediocre. And we've seen uh, both ranges of that. At least you'll know what, uh, because the hero pool, this stage had, uh, Brian, Brian tracer, Sombra Zen. Yeah. So those heroes will be guaranteed to be in that final stage. Like they won't be able to be banned. So you'll have those, which those help the the outlaws a bit, but so that means that one of the oh yeah 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 what? I understand. I was I was thinking about like which main tanks would get banned, and then I was like, no, it doesn't have to be a main tank; it could be an off tank. So yeah, it, yeah. it might just be like Diva that ends up getting removed or something. People play also Winston Zarya everywhere. Yeah, for um, we move away from this topic. Can we also kind of agree that um? Dallas Fuel are just such a unique opponent. Like, it's so hard to play against them compared to any other team that were in the knockout stage here. So as much as we want to be hard on the Houston Outlaws um, and their loss here, like, Dallas Fuel play such a ridiculously high pace and they do it so flawlessly and perfect macro game that, like, it's so hard to prepare for what's coming to you in knockout matches like this. So, do you? Yeah. To be that- fair, I would have trusted any... If they had played against like Shock, I would expect them to lose the vs. Shock here too. Um, because but do you think they would Shock have even have been... played the same stuff? I don't think they would have played the same comps. I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, because to me, I'm like, what did this comp? I don't know exact. I, to me, I don't really see what this comp did to counter comp Yule in any way. I think it was some attempt at a big brain. Uh, Juby's gonna hit on all control. Shots on control, stuff. I could see what they're going for. They're trying to play a slower hit scan comp, right, and to stop the dive. And so, like, okay, we're counter comping Fuel because they can't play hit scan. But what? But the rest of the series, I don't see what they were countercopying fuel on, right? If they, yeah. because like to me, that just seems like a general. Oh, we want to empower our echo more in the duel type of thing, mm-hmm. um, and that seems very general. So I don't think that would have really mattered for who they played against. Honestly, their comp. I don't think. I think every other team that played Rush would have just run it over all the same. They, I think they would have beaten Boston, and that's about the only other team that they would have beaten in the knockouts, right? I think they lose to the Gladiators and the Atlanta Rain. Yeah, probably, yeah. I guess. 
But yeah. still, it, I, mean, I think yeah. they looked worse because they were. But if they had played Lucio, I don't know. I have no idea. Why well, would have to see? Who knows? <laughs> okay. Well, let's move over to the APAC region. So we've got the Shanghai Dragons qualifying over the Seoul Dynasty. They are set up for a rematch against the Dallas Fuel to begin with here. Um, Shanghai have been so consistent all season long, apart from the very beginning where they got 3 0 by Chengdu Hunters, I think it was, right? But yeah. apart from that initial blip on the radar, which also happened last year, they've just been great since then. They've just been performing at a top level. This was also the game that saw 10 um, environmental kills from Lee Jae-Gon as he just ran around the map, halt-booping bo people off the cliffs over and over again. Just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, yeah. Just, uh, this was just a little bit of, I mean, that whole game with Lee Jae-Gon, I mean, I saw a tweet earlier, uh, the if he was on the Titans, he would have ran uh, Pizza Hut dry of breadsticks with the amount of environmental <laughs> kills he got. Uh, I mean, my lord. Uh, uh, Shanghai's just, uh, they're just really consistent. They don't feel, they don't feel like they're invincible. They don't feel like they're dominant, but it seems like they at least, uh, I mean, I, I think it's just kind of a, maybe the conversation is just more of like, what is, just a pack overall it just seems like they're just a step ahead of everybody over there in terms of uh team coordination uh you know even even roster wise i think they're still adding players you know they signed who are you and then i believe they're uh it was uh a halo who reported they're uh, bringing in somebody from talent esports uh yeah. potentially oh, it's rumors we're not talking about rumors on this podcast Matt. <laughs> no, come on man. you 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 made up a rumor about uh kebster earlier <laughs> He literally made one. Uh, I mean, come on. Fuck. Uh, where I, I think this team, this team seems like it's going to be fine throughout all of the tournaments in APAC. Uh, can they just win any of them at the end when they get up against some of the teams from NA? I think that'll probably be more of the question. Surprised if they qualify. I was very impressed in this game by how um, fast Shanghai were to make decisions. They constantly were attacking into Seoul. Even here where they're defending the objective, right? They're always fighting Seoul as they come through the choke points. They halt booping them. They're putting down the Ant Matrix really early, fluxing them here. They're always in their face, never giving them time. They seem like a very strong, high-tempo uh, Orisa team. I just, they have demonstrated no ability to play Moira Lucio. <laughs> just none so how can but you even from the know? gladiators game i think the and the atlanta game there is a, a real possibility that this stylistic clash is it's not just an objective better comp there is if you play it really well you can win um so i think this is actually a really cool storyline coming into the uh you know into the june joust is that which style is really better um yeah. And I think that's going to be a really fun thing to watch, particularly because APAC has been entirely resistant to playing what they call the zombie comp because nothing <laughs> dies. They oh. call it zombie because nothing dies. I actually love that. That's a great yeah. name. That's uh, way better than and Neo so Goats or I think this Neo is. Goats. Well, no, I call it Dupla Goats. Yeah, I think the zombie comp is much better, though. I think Zombie really comp good. is fun, too. It's a fun one, um, but I think it's a really cool storyline looking in. And I think that Shanghai overall, they're just like I agree with. I also feel like people... Now all the people that doubted the fate trade in the beginning need to need to suck it because fate is like legitimately people. I feel, feel like people underrated fate very heavily coming into this year. And like he started out like kind of rough with along the rest of Shanghai and then quickly realized everyone realized again, oh, fate is like the most insanely consistent main tank. Like 
in the league. Like he's never not he's not necessarily hitting the highs of Fearless or Smurf, but he's really, really consistent. Just I, insanely consistent. I think also Arissa's probably his best hero too. I think compositions yeah, like is really good. Are really yeah. good for him because his coordination and his halts and probably his communication as well when it comes to that stuff seems to be extremely strong. I mean, come yeah. on. Well, this is just like 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 he's just got fucking flying around, just knocking everybody <laughs> off the side of the map. I mean, yeah. it's where he thrives. It's where but he also, thrives. Is with it's chaos. It, part of it is because Shanghai are taking such aggressive fights. They're taking fights in the choke points before Solo are allowed to get to the point. Whereas a lot of other teams at the moment are taking fights on the objective. They're waiting Yo, for the Pete's other team hot, to get I fucking to dare you. Sponsor Lee J gone. Start giving <laughs> away breadsticks for that guy. See what happens. <laughs> Yeah, they just want to give out the breadsticks. That's why they're sponsoring over. Hell yeah, I want some breadsticks. You ever have pizza breadsticks? I mean, breadsticks really? are the cheapest item like on the menu. They cost like ten cents per right. pound, and I could easily like, order them myself. But getting them off of an owl team would be the ideal scenario. So Jonathan's I... thoughts are worth half a breadstick per pound. Yes, is that his, half his a thoughts are worth half a breadstick per pound. Yes, yeah. Yeah. five cents a thought. Ten, Five cents, cents for per a pound of bread. Yeah, Let me give you my eight stick. cents about this topic. <laughs> um, I wanted to get back to the fate point, though. Like, I feel like it's so impressive to me how Shanghai strategically are just like better than the APAC teams here. Like, they had so many weeks to prepare in this region for composition, strategies, what they wanted to play. And it felt like they were just. Like, no one really figured it out except for the Shanghai Dragons on how to play this double shield yeah, properly yeah. and how to, yeah. I mean, even the Soul Dynasty, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I mean, why are you playing May here? surprising? Yeah, what's the May? And also, why yeah, the I mean... fuck would, why was Gesture playing Hog for weeks? And why was Marvel <laughs> playing Off Tank? Soul, why the fuck are you doing this to me again, yeah, you like... bastards? I yeah. mean, I literally, I, I don't even me. know. I have no more thoughts on Soul Dynasty because I, I just, I've said I, it from the beginning. I know. No, I don't trust this no team. fucking sense. You it warned makes me. no fucking sense. You warned me, Connor, and I didn't believe I you. Did. I thought they'd, I thought they'd change. No. I thought they were They'll capable of change. They're never going, They'll to, never change. going to change. They yeah. won't. They won't do it. They're always going to be that one guy in the wife beater who you're like, he's so bad for me. But, but uh, then you look at him, he's like, oh. he's so hot, though. He's so hot. Every oh. time you look at him, he's just... And that's, that's Soul Dynasty. They're so flashy. They're so slick. They're so cool. But at yeah. the same time, they're just so toxic for me to look at. And so I just can't deal with this team anymore. I've given it up would, on them. I, I couldn't... Like, I couldn't become a fan of them because it would just drive me so mad. Like, mm. I would just go so angry. I'd be like, oh, look at this. We look great. And then all of a sudden, we just fucking what May McCree. Like, uh, what the hell's happening? Uh, it, it, we have, we have, when was the last time we saw Tuyu? I mean, he's playing He's playing in this match. No, yeah, but the thing is, match. for this match, though. I think, I I think, think he is, only took one oh, off. We, this, Marvel, I mean, we saw Marvel for weeks, I feel like. I thought it was only one week. Was it multiple? I can't remember. I thought it was only one me week that Marvel played. Yeah, but I don't know. Tuyu's been in and out. He's played for the majority of the season, though. I, I mean, the point being, though, even if he's been in and out, but like at the same time, they haven't really been building any like consistent synergy with him because they've been playing Marv One. Yeah, on they the also haven't been playing him on main tank, which is what I wanted them to experiment with. Is just trying to you and Marvel. What? No, no, no. Well, yeah, oh, actually, sorry. yes, Marvel and to you, yeah, Marvel on main tank, to you on off tank. I, I want them to try that at certain times. 
in in metas where it favors him. I mean, not in this meta because Jester was playing Hog and now he's playing Orisa. Those are great heroes for him. But yeah, anyway, Shanghai looked really good though. I loved how proactive they were, how fast they're playing. I'm just really concerned that they won't be able to win on control. How, uh, playing any kind of Orisa composition, even if you're playing Bap Lucio, which is what they went for, I don't think you can avoid getting overwhelmed by the zombie comp. I just... I, I Also, who are they going to practice against to be able to see if they're good enough to play against Dallas? How, do you, yeah. how are you confident that you're yeah. going to be able to beat them when you have no team that's anywhere near as good as Dallas to practice against? Yeah, I mean, it's just a trust. I mean, t the, the real difference maker for me when I see it is like, do they die or not? It's Li Gong. Don't say Li Gong because like, I feel like he... If they're gonna, especially if they're going to play a lot of Lucio continuously on control, they like the Lucio BAP comps. So much of that comp of them not dying is on Li Gong to essentially stop being a frag monster looking for boops, like a little crackhead, and <laughs> peeling for his team. Like yeah. he actually has to be hardcore, posted up offensive lineman stopping the rush like every time it's speeding away, or else they're going to lose. They're just going to lose. Yes. Yeah. So how do you think this team stacks up against the likes of like Atlanta Rain or yeah, I mean Nuke Seltzer they beat, right? I, th I think they match up fine against Atlanta Rain because this they also have a very good grasp of um more pokes. I mean that's what they play is the Arista comp, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. and I and I trust in them to be able to take like with Flood and Lip, I don't think they're necessarily at a disadvantage, right? Like sure, does Pelican look better on the Echo? Yeah. Like I'd say so. But I think I think they're the stylistically they match up a little bit better currently than Shock. Um so they're, I think they're in a pretty fine spot. I could definitely see them being the, beating the rain. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty... But again, to me, it just comes down to control. Like, if Moira Lucio comps are just better at control, Shanghai will go out in third. Because if you lose on control, you are just going to lose BO5s. You will just lose the game against Dallas, and then you will lose the game against Atlanta. Even if you beat them on every map where it matters uh, with Orisa uh, matchups, with direct Orisa head-to-heads, You'll lose on both control maps and then you'll probably lose on like Assault as well. And you'll just end up losing the series. So to me, until you can answer whether or not their composition is viable on control, you just can't know whether or not they're going to have a chance to win. I, 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 feel like, I feel like they're at a disadvantage because they don't even have the option of going to Moira Lucio. If their initial... If they lose to Dallas in control, they're probably going to lose to Atlanta as well. And it's just GG. Yeah, doesn't look good at that point. But but it just comes down to whether or not they can figure out ways of dealing with the rush comp, the zombie comp, on uh, yeah. on control maps. Play, uh, what what do we what do we just see? They'll play a um, uh, soldier McCree with the Arisa Sigma. I do. I actually think the soldier idea is <laughs> so, interesting, but I just yeah. don't know how that ever beats that comp because it's like <laughs> the soldier's just like tickling you for like you the run away fight from and it. then someone dies. You yeah. run away from the I rush. Play soldier reaper. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to see it, but I think they stack up better against Rain than Shock did their match. Okay. So. Uh, DM retired from this team recently. So not only have they lost Ursta to retirement, uh, now they've lost DM as well. So they're, I mean, there's reports that they're going to be signing somebody else as well, but this is essentially just these six players now. Is that right? I think they had an uh, eight player. No, also. they have Molly. Oh, Molly. right. Yeah. Yeah, they have Molly as well. Um, yeah. I'm sad to see DM go, but also he didn't seem like he had a space in this team. He's still a crack talent, but he didn't have 
He, he wasn't integrated into the team. He didn't get played. Yeah. He was just sat on the bench. And then he'd come out every now and then to win a Widowmaker 1v1 tournament for $10,000. And then he'd just go back to the bench. <laughs> that was it. That was his life. It's it's also, I think, difficult Like if you're a player like a DM or a Erster who's like played considerable amounts of time in the Overwatch League to then just be a bench guy uh, where he doesn't have a place on this team. But then also, it's not like... A, you know, DM's not really like a development. You're not like developing him as a player. Like he kind of is what he is as a player, right? Like he kind of fits that pine-ish niche. Uh, where, yeah, I mean, it's it stinks to see him go. Uh, but maybe this allows him to take some time uh, to work on his game a little bit. He's obviously a very talented aimer. Maybe he's able to come back. I'm amazed that they put a six-part farewell to him. I understand that three of those parts are probably a translation, but I'm reading a fanfic right now. <laughs> well, you know, it's glad. I mean, I'm glad to see that Shanghai cares enough to put that into a player. I mean, it's we've. I prefer that to the inverse, where it's like goodbye and fuck you to the, some of the players. How long so, was like, your retirement tweet? Mine was actually. Rel I actually got a very nice, heartfelt letter from the president of gaming. He wrote it on the Oval oh. Office stationery. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he used to do those long tweets, right? He did. Those long and then, yeah, 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 they used to do that. And then, you know, I mean, I like Huck. So it was He's nice. I think I was the that was probably the most Huck had thought about me that entire season. <laughs> my retirement tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the closest you got to playing a letter about yeah. me playing. Hey, yeah. I played in preseason. There's only one player that didn't play in preseason. It's Joe Meister. Joe Meister. So I have more play time than Joe Meister. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not coaching Harrisburg University, are you? So I'm not. Really Instead, wrong? I'm on this podcast. So where, where, where does there, do I win or lose? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I sure. Know. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that every time we show up for an episode, did I win or did I lose with my life? <laughs> they call DM um, the gentlest of souls and the deepest of philosophers. Whoa. The philosophers. I mean, that is that is some serious shit. That guy's doing some heavy lifting in terms of morale behind the scenes, perhaps. I don't that think was, about um, anything that deeply. Yeah, I've I've never thought about anything that deeply in my life. Yeah. But be him in the practice room. It's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit. Wow. Back up again. Who's Thank hitting you. him? <laughs> Maybe the it's just retired. People are hitting him in the practice room. <laughs> I'm fucking tired what of being hit. What do you know, Johnny? Uh, <laughs> more rumors here. It's <laughs> philosophical, Matt. Come on, man. Um, does it, does um, anyone I, have any information about who they're picking up? Whatever that is. Oh what, yeah, let me find it. What? Who was that? Wasn't it? I can't even remember the I, name. I will say in the meantime. I'll say in the meantime. I don't want to get Sideshow's boner up uh, because he loves DMs too that much. But in Overwatch Two, if it's five v five, maybe we could see DM get back if it's a more DPS centric game and they have more input because DM yeah. would be like one of those players. That could carry some of those five v five games if Widowmaker turns out to be really important. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, develop from Talon Esports is the player that they've uh, that Halo's reported that they uh, are looking to sign. So, information. Uh, honestly, don't know that much about develop. So, my I I do not have the information you seek currently. Let me Neither look at I. his signature heroes on Wikipedia, and we can draw. Big conclusions from that alone. Cool. Kree, Widowmaker, Tracer Ash. Well, there you go. Well, 18 years old. When he gets signed, I'll watch some vlogs and that'll do it. <laughs> the, okay. Yeah. Um, 
fans are livid in our YouTube comments right now. He was born on December 16th. Yeah, but also, uh, mate, he was playing for OZ for last year. No one was watching that team. Does does OZ, by the way, have some fucking blackmail material on all of the GMs in the Overwatch League? How the fuck uh, Friday and uh, Skewed and Checkmate getting all of these positions? This is now four out of six of the starting lineup from the worst Johnny's team in Korean in on it too. He keeps promoting Checkmate on the show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Jonathan was well, asking. Could, it could be a financial aspect too, where like the players themselves are very talented, but also they might just be cheaper. Like, Possible. who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly what the negotiations yeah. entails, right? But I mean, being on a bad team doesn't preclude anyone from being a good pickup. So yes, but it's quite unlikely that there was four terrible, uh, four excellent players on a very bad but what, team. Uh, for talent, they just got year. second. Uh, they just got second to O2 Blast and I guess uh, the tenders, so... Yeah. I mean, I'm talking out my ass. I have no idea. It's just really surprising to me to see so many people from the last place Korean Contenders team get promoted when a lot of other talent didn't. But I, I guess, actually, Skewed has been very good. It's just... You know. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Hangzhou against NYXL. Nobody predicted this game. So I don't believe there was a single Nobody. person on Earth that predicted this game. Hangzhou had, oh. what, lost, like, one map in the whole of the June Joust before this? Yeah. Two? And they pooped the bed. On stage as well. At their own homestand. Okay. At their own, so, their own homestand. So could, yeah. could the hype and scenario of the homestand have led to more pressure for the team here? Sure. Sure. NYXL? Playing in their little practice room, nowhere near Hangzhou. The only focus on the stage is on these players in their home city, in front of their home fans. The, the entire place, I mean, the stage and everything looked awesome. Everybody decked out in pink. Uh, could have added some more pressure here uh, for them. It could have, but the reason that I don't buy it is because they were running Anna Brig and uh, Winston Zarya the entire time, like it was the main melee again. They were just running that on every map, apart from the final map. And it's just not viable at the moment. You can't get value out of it. Also, their players looked very, um, I don't know. They, they looked sheepish as they came, uh, came walking through the crowd. So I guess maybe some... Well, you have to remember, these players never got homestands. No, but some of them played I'm... in uh, the Blizzard Arena, didn't they? There's like... Who so? I mean, I mean how so many players? Did was yeah, I not many? I mean, IDK. 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 Gushway. Gushway. Uh, architect. Architect. Yeah. Really, right? No, Bernard didn't. Right? No, he was. Oh, no, Bernard was not. Yeah, Bernard yeah. was on 2020, so there was no Blizzard Arena. Yeah, I mean, Shy hadn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, be honest. I mean, this is a very valid reason. It's like, oh, we choked due to nerves. Like, sure, but at the end of the day, it's still a choke. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Look how many so, people are there. They're, and it's, it's not like there's another team on stage who has to deal with the pressure of the fans. NYXL is just chilling somewhere else. They have no idea this is even happening. <laughs> I love the idea of that. Like, they don't even know that their faces are being They have no idea they're walking crowd. out. They're just sitting in the lobby just waiting for the game to start. Oh, uh, question mark? You guys ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I was very disappointed with um, Yo, this game. Because down. once and I was like, my sparks, my sparks stocks, they started to soar after I'd... I'd so heavily, I've been like, oh, Spark's going to be good this year, guys. And then they Dude. plummet one final time, like Icarus soaring too close to the sun. And yeah. I am sad. 
and I'm just really sad. So I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm just they're really disappointed about this team. Legitimately, I'm just disappointed. Like, I think they have so much potential, and it just keeps on crashing and burning. It's like I'm in a... I don't even know. Like an early biplane. That's Spark. I wanted to get your opinions I mean, on yeah. the match itself, though, and the compositions that were played, because we saw NYXL attacking with Arissa Zarya, and with they were bubbling the Reaper to be able to kill the Echo on high grounds. And like I'm, I'm watching that game, VOD reviewing it, and I'm like, I'm stuck in a fucking fever dream. The, both of these teams have no idea what's going on. And then people are in my chat like, but it's working. It must be good. And now I'm getting twisted, and I need an outside opinion. If you're watching this, this and Hangzhou Spark for multiple maps, for three maps, play Reaper Echo with double bubble and an Anna Brig backline, and then New York, when they're attacking, are playing Arissa Zarya, and teleporting Feather or Flora, whoever's playing Reaper, into the backline, to then do a little bit of damage and Wraith form out. <laughs> Am I losing my mind, or is that wank? I think this is ass. I think this is <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, mean, this is, I mean, like, I think this is ass. I think, and the crazy, so New York, I had no expectations coming into, like, this match. I was like, okay, New York's, like, probably, but Spark literally were playing something that was pretty good, like, before yeah. this. They were playing perfectly fine. They had, like, a very, a relatively synergistic comp and everything. They had, like, kind of, in some ways, people were like, oh, wow, this, this, like, Ash comp is pretty good right that we can play around like they had like this to me they, they they all receive collective head wounds or something and they emerge on stage and they're like guys what if we played reaper with no lucio and i'm like why in what universe would you ever do this like double bubble i could like the double bubble on a brig and even the echo i'm like okay like there's some there's something going on here right like if they had played like shy on like mccree or the ash or something like there would still have been like a synergy right but this Reaper, and then you think about how this also changes up the composition for the rest of your team. It's like, okay, you can give all your resources to your tanks, but your tanks can't do shit because they're playing fucking, I mean, look at the New York's comp. Like, what are your tanks going to do here, right? Like, there's nothing they can achieve, and you're playing the Echo that's getting shot by the McCree and the Bab, and then you have a Reaper that's just why Like, this, all this is madness. This is all madness. I look at this, and I feel like not, neither of these teams, we should not be too happy with any of them and should not expect much from them. New York's comp spawns after that one week where Yakpung just kept jumping in his Winston and just getting insta killed. Uh, the, did you guys see that clip where on Hollywood he's just like standing in the street and he's yeah. like no HP and then he just like just jumps up, just flies up into outer space. Uh, it, this is like when you when you kind of thought about uh, you know uh, Chinese Overwatch and like the Chinese contenders like Hex used to cast overnight and these ridiculous games. This is the type of oh, shit wow. you would you would think about. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, there's only I, there's only that, two ways. That was another this level, could, though. That was a different I mean, yeah, that dimension was, that of was, I mean, yeah, that was there's only two ways. Shit. That was... There's only two ways this goes. Uh, it, you know, whoever would have won this match, obviously it's New York, but like, uh, they have the fucking ideal comp that is going to just blow people's doors off and surprise them or it's going to be uh you're going to be gone in two and you're going to be like what the hell was that uh i think it's closer to that than uh, than these teams have figured something out uh i'm i'm just surprised hangzhou actually lost this uh, i even thought even with the non-ideal comp that the spark were looking good enough uh to be able to pull a win like this off spark does to you
They just lie, they lie and lie, and they lie some more until eventually you're just sad. And also, legitimately though, Newark's comp, not this, not the Zarya comp they played. Dear God, not the Arisa Zarya comp <laughs> they played. But this comp with the Reaper and the McCree, it's just like a variation of the anti-dive. Yeah, it's just what you're normal. looking at. Yeah. So th this comp, if they execute it really well, I could see value. But like the Arisa Zarya is just straight up crackhead. And we have they, seen Flora, Flora really good on the hitscan stuff. So. Flora's McCree is He's excellent. I'm, I'm really yeah. happy if they continue playing Flora McCree. He looks good on that. And Jonak's BAP is good too. Friday's whip shots have been pretty I'm decent I'm just worried about well. the tanks of New York. Oh, they have looked it. so bad on like the Winston Diva shit. I, it's like, I, I've molded so much about Jakob and Bianca playing the Winston Diva shit. So I'm not surprised if they were just like, uh, let's just put you guys on Orisa, okay? Like, Pat on the head, you know, you I'll guys move. do your funny shit, but play your Orisa, and we're, the rest of the team is going to pop off. But I like because it. They... Yeah, go on, sorry. No, I mean, I was going to end it there. Um, just like, yeah, I mean, that, I can see that's why they moved over to this comp. And also, I wonder how much practice some of these teams, like the Hangzhou Spark got against um, some of these bunker compositions, because like, they, like, APAC didn't adopt this meta until, like, week three when Shanghai yeah, Dragons yeah. started pulling them out. I knew Shanghai, oh, not Shanghai, Chengdu Hunters played some more recent week one. But, I mean, they lost to the Shanghai Dragons doing that shit, and they kind of gave up on it. But besides that, I don't know. Yeah. Haven't seen a lot of it in the APEC region. No, we really haven't. And we haven't seen pretty much any of that zombie comp either. So, I, I, yeah. I like New York's defensive ideas. I think they make sense. I hate the way that they're playing attack right now. And I also, I mean, even when we're talking about defense, actually, when it came to Dorado too, they, both teams were matching Reaper on attack and defense of Dorado, playing Arisa comps, mirrored Arisa comps, but with a Reaper on both sides, like playing Reaper Ash on defense. And the Reaper could just do nothing. It, like you just can't do anything. Why would you not be playing Echo Ash in that scenario and run Mercy Bap instead? It's... I don't understand how the meta has got to this place in APAC with these teams. Shanghai, to me, seemed like they have a great understanding of what they want to do and how they want to exec, but I am lost in the source watching these games. Absolutely yeah. lost in the source. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a lot of expectations for New York coming in. Um, I do think they have individual talent on this team, but I don't... I wouldn't be surprised for them to, show, to roll up to Jun Joust and just pull up something equally, like, like this, they've been saving a pocket strat. Like, I'm just like, we're going to do something you've never before seen type of situation. Because who knows? At this point, you played over Cesaria. Anything's possible. Yeah. I can tell you what, though. This is a... Uh, yeah, Who I mean, look. We're, we're kind of talking ridiculous a little bit about New York. Where I think they probably don't have the, the greatest of chance. But I will say this is like a pretty big moment for this team, right? Uh, a really young team. Everybody was like, oh, like they, they kind of scrapped everything that you know, they, they had and the history and whatnot. Like, you can see there's some promise with some of these players. Like, I yeah, think there, really, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, you know, but maybe you have some questions about the tank line, but I think, like, Floor and Feather have been, like, pretty good. Jonak seems to be, like, you know, re-energized a little bit with this team. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about this team going forward. Uh, you'd expect them to only get better from this point, right? Uh, you wouldn't expect them to kind of uh, fall off the face of the earth so i don't know actually matt the thing is with really? apac is that they don't actually have to perform that well in the june joust to make it they just need to win that one knockout game 
They they didn't have a great June joust. It's not like we were thinking that New York were a great team over the course of the regular season. What is their record right now? And what was their record in June? Was it like uh, two and two? They're like two and six or three and five yeah. or something like that, I think. Yeah, they have a profoundly negative record. They didn't even go positive in the June joust, did they? No, they went uh, they went two and two, I guess. Yeah, two and two. They beat Philly, they beat Valiant. And then yeah. they only have to win one game to be able to make it through. But I don't think that this is some kind of for them though. I don't think this is some kind of like breakthrough moment though for New York because they're just going to get beaten down again and continue to have mediocre stages. I think this is just a flash <laughs> in the pan. See, I, I feel think like going into week three, they were the second to yeah. worst team What's in, in APAC. I, yeah. I think going into week three, well, I don't know about Philly where we ranked them, but I think they were like the second to worst team at times in the June joust. I rank Philly pretty low in this current stage. So, but I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that to me right now, I look at this and Apex just feels like a jumbled mess where like a bunch of teams that should honestly be a bit better have no fucking clue what they're doing. And like the only team that has ever gotten their shit together is Shanghai. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. The, and, and Fusion in last stage. Fusion yeah. last stage because they really, they understood the meta pretty well. But this stage, they did not have any success um, understanding but, what was happening for them. And they didn't have like a very Reapers. good Echo player. Both of these Reapers, by the way, do not generate an ultimate this entire attack. This entire, <laughs> this entire round, neither Reaper does enough damage because they're all just poking each other from distance for them to generate a single ult. So they just don't, they're not actually being useful at all in the engagement, neither Feather nor Architect. And yet both teams continue to play attack and defense Reaper in Arisa comps that are based around poking each other. It's just I mean, like, madness. I, I don't know. It's just I madness. Know. I, I... I just don't know what's what's going on here, realistically. So I, I this to me it seems like a wash of like teams. Spark Spark had an idea, <laughs> lost the idea, and it's it's over. Sp like, uh, Spark have to play in front of their home crowd and look at New York. Everybody's got their. But shoes that doesn't off. mean you I mean, stop playing what you played all of June Joust. You don't just suddenly have amnesia because you stand in front of a crowd, right? <laughs> Some people do. Some people, Some people yeah, do, sure. yeah. Knees spaghetti, arms wet. Whatever the lyrics are. What? Arm, what? Knees, what? Spaghetti. Knees, spaghetti. Oh my god. Oh god. No, I mean that's pretty simple. Arm sweat. Knees, spaghetti. Speaking of spaghetti, the Valiant and the Vancouver Titans. We were yep. pretty harsh on them last uh, last episode. I thought that the Vancouver Titans looked a bit better this week. That they yes. at least had signs of life. It wasn't complete potato, even though they lost their matches is that did you guys have a different impression coming out of that game yeah no, it was more looked, like uh, fingering potato this week they, they looked as, more competitive uh it was good to see dalton in the mix uh we got to see dalton uh i mean it still doesn't change the fact i mean what like uh, did we write a whole segment off the fact that they won some map well i, mean, I was not ready to talk about even a map mm. uh, <laughs> the, the, the valiant they won a map i mean are we gonna we're gonna start writing segments when teams win rounds? I mean, come on! Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Already had a banana. Already had a banana. I don't know what we want to talk about here. Uh, I think that I think the Valiant topic should be more tied into fusion, more so than Valiant itself. Like, yeah, but. But for Titans, I actually remember I, I, I posed at the end of the segment, I says, are, are we overreacting? Yeah. And I think we did overreact a little bit because they didn't quite understand where they wanted to go. Does this mean Titans are good? No. I mean, Titans oh. aren't tragic? No. Like, that's definitely true. But I don't think 
I still think there is redeeming qualities to this team. I think there are players on this team that are actually relatively solid, in particular to pick up Teru and and Fried. Uh, and I, I think they just didn't understand the meta quite well, and they're still just obviously not set up for success. So they'll still oh, yeah. not be good, but they, I don't think... I think there's going to be periods where this team looks unbelievably tragic, and then periods where they're like, oh, okay, all right. Okay. There's some players on both of these teams, like we talked last time, that are good. It's difficult to see it because as a collective, they're so tragic. Uh, like, like playing together, it's just like, it clearly does not work. Like, there's just shit not, not clicking. Like, some of these players individually are like, not bad. Like, I think Terry's looked good. Uh, you know, Crystal, Mayo, Hangzhou, Simone, or whatever, but he's looking good. Uh, <laughs> but, like, th there are some players who look who look decent on these teams. It's going to be difficult, though, to, you know, when when a team's not winning rounds, it's going to be difficult to look at it as, like, a positive, right? But uh, I think some of these players can be pretty happy with their own individual performances. Uh I think the I think the Titans they haven't won a round since May twenty eighth. I think that's what I saw. A round? They haven't gotten an objective. Yeah, no. like they haven't even capped. Yeah, they haven't capped since May twenty eighth. I mean, we're also we're forgetting something <laughs> extremely. At the end of the day, the most important part here is that Titans are building up to the greatest storyline in the Overwatch League. More storylines than I care about anything else. More so than shock. Anything Titans else? It's all, about it's all about breadsticks. It's literally oh, all bread about breadsticks. <laughs> the entire season is building up towards breadsticks. I I simply don't give a shit about any other narratives. It's like breadsticks are the most important thing to me currently. Here's what needs to happen. That, on top of that, they have now started putting out their own personal pizzas. pizzas. You can vote for their pizzas for each of the players. Like, at this point, Titans are becoming a pizza franchise, and I'm all for it. I'm all for Titans just becoming a pizza chain. When they, they just open up, like, just ghost kitchens of pizza yeah. places. Think about it. Like, they're not even going to be a team anymore. They're just going to open physical locations in Vancouver, hire players from contenders, and they're going to learn to make pizza. And that's going to be it. They get up on stage, and it's a whole gimmick. They're like the Harlem Globetrotters. We're like, they're not there to be good. They're just there to, like, spin pizza dough around. <laughs> and stuff like that. Do the Spitfire, oh, the Spitfire have a food? Do the Spitfire have a food sponsor? Oh, they have a they have a food sponsor. I have no oh. idea, man. Yeah, here you go. You you can do your pizza craft. It's uh, so tragic machine. though because um, pizza you just vote. you just can't push uh, engagements like this. Should we <laughs> make a pizza? Meter. Yeah, let's, um, uh, whose pizza do we vote for? Let's vote okay, for a pizza well, Matt, I wanted to ask you this question earlier. You said yeah. some of these players can be proud about their individual performances. And I don't mean to be rude, but who? Who would you say <laughs> on the Titans? I think Teru can. can be, for Teru, sure. Yeah, Teru. Teru. Okay, well, let's make Dalton, a Teru pizza Dalton then. coming in and showing signs of life, I think, can be good. All right. Uh, I didn't say everybody. No, I mean, no, I, said I just some. I genuinely yeah, I mean, wanted to know who I, you thought. I gave you some. I think, yeah. I think Fried has had some okay performances, at least in stage one. It's been tougher this stage, but for stage one, I think Fried. Honestly, had some even uh, uh, I'll even say uh, Chongsik from coming in not playing for two years hasn't looked like he is completely out of the water. Uh, I mean, well, I think about all the. You've I mean, been reviewing that. I mean, look, we've seen some <laughs> tragic shit from other teams, Johnny. Uh, I think of the tanks we've seen in the Overwatch League and the history of the Overwatch League uh, that have played. I wouldn't put Chongsik near the bottom of that. If you put if you put uh, Chongsik next to like Roshan, Roshan, one Shanghai. Seen, uh, remember, How is remember, that the who was it? Bar? 
You're viewing the Titans as an Overwatch League franchise and not a yeah. pizza place. And if you view it <laughs> as a pizza place, then they're all doing pretty good. And like, uh, that's the thing. No, they're not. They're when, still uh, not doing good. They haven't given any breadsticks out to anyone at any point. I wrong. Uh, when Tyrong said that MG was going to be like a tremendous player, like where where is MG at or Zushu? Uh, okay, all right, Roshan. all right, all right, all right. Okay, Jesus Christ! I hate olives. I don't like olives. Pepperoni. Italian... That's honestly not bad. That's. Wait, I mean, I don't. I don't like black olives though. I don't like black olives. I'm not a huge black olive. Does Does each player know. have their own pie? Yes, their own yes, yes they do. We, and you gotta vote for them. Yeah. We're rating. We're rating the pies. Power rankings. Who's got yeah, power, power rankings? Get the okay, power, power rank the pizzas. Kurt, let's bring it up. So first of all, I'm already gonna say it. This one has black olive. I don't like it. I love black olives. They're delightful. They're delicious. Yeah, they are. But not with roasted garlic and black olives. What? That's the combo. You don't, you don't think garlic and olive is fantastic? That's that's a... not the roasted garlic. Yes. Let me pause for one second. <laughs> uh, if if there's anything that some of the other owl teams can garner out of this, is that if you have cool promotions, it doesn't matter if your team blows. We're about to spend 20 minutes ranking these players' pizzas. <laughs> Wait, no, uh, we should not spend 20 we, minutes. We should spend 10 minutes max. We'll check out there. Cover it. It doesn't have to be super serious all the time. Look at this. Uh, me and Avast don't want to rate Linkster's pizza time because it's got black olives. Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't care how he plays. Uh, his pizza, <laughs> though, looks all right. I mean, come on. I was just the best up their physical location. We're going to get, I, I guarantee, I'm calling already. They're going to have a food truck. I okay, like let me check. Let me check the contents. This is worse. This is, pepper, pepper, pepper. That's not this bad. is worse. No, no, it's not. No, this it is, is not. Who, who is, who is put thinking? I want to put pepper on my pizza. Let's go for green. Who the fuck is going? Let's go green for green pizza. No, red and orange yeah. peppers are so much better. Yellow peppers—they're all better than green peppers. Green peppers well, are just the shittest pizza. of peppers. No, you don't who the fuck put those red pepper on pizza. Why would you not? Because green is a better what are we contrast to the pizza. Deciding? They're all peppers. They're all just peppers. They're just no, different they're colors. They're, no. they're all just fucking peppers. That's they taste different, do they? True. They have slightly different flavor. They taste similar. I'm going to be honest. Peppers of different colors taste extremely similar. You close your eyes. You couldn't tell what color the pepper was. Yes, I could. Yes, I absolutely fucking could. I might not be able to tell you. I don't know whether I could tell you the difference between a red and an orange and a yellow, but I could definitely tell you the difference between a green pepper. You give me that shit raw in my mouth versus a red. It's on the pizza? Could you tell? Yeah. If it's on a fucking pizza, absolutely. No, I'm with Matt on this. Sweetness no. is massively and different. And also, the general theme of that pizza fits together far more. Okay? Oh, that pizza... Linkser's pizza is like the is like the, the Hangzhou spark of pizzas, right? Like that shit, that comp wise didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. But but Dalton, that, that comp made sense. I bet Josh likes fucking anchovies on his pizza. It's like, never he does tried though. It. He does. I've never tried it actually. I do like I thought you said you didn't and, like him. I like tuna and garlic pizza. Oh tuna. That's <laughs> one. Tuna and garlic. Yeah. I think that slaps. It does slap. It does. Uh, have we got another else? pizza? Oh, they, they haven't shared any We have other four other more pizzas to go through. <laughs> they haven't shared any of their other pizzas. Do, yeah, they're trying to find them, but they he, he can't find them. Oh. Okay, well, oh. of those two, which would we rate higher currently? Oh, Dalton. Oh, sure. Dalton. Dalton yeah. pizza. Yeah, Dalton. It's it's three against one, Josh. You lose. Oh, you lose. You guys are just so wrong. Post in the comments. Oh, this is pizza. this oh. is what the comment has to be for this week. Do you prefer Dalton or Lynx's pizza? <laughs> 
one of them is right and the other <laughs> is wrong. I Except actually feel blue-balled just having order, to wait for uh, the pizzas for next week so we can review we the next pizzas next week. Slice of an individual, a slice of one of Dalton's and one of Linkser's and we'll we could, test them actually. out. Yeah, we could. We could uh, if we were paid by Pizza Hut. But otherwise, we're just giving them enormous amounts of free promotion for no good reason. Titans, when you open up your food truck and all the players are just hourly workers in them, I'm going to be one of the first <laughs> to go to that. I'm going to be one of the first to see Linkser make me his pizza. All right. Well, <laughs> let's see whether our takes are this bad when it comes to the bracket. I want to move on to June Joust bracket predictions. It's a double elimination format. We've got the four teams. We know what the, what the opening uh, lineups are going to be. It's New York playing against uh, New York playing against Atlanta and Shanghai playing against Dallas. Rematch in the May Melee Finals on one side and then Atlanta playing against New York on the other. <laughs> Two teams that I don't think anyone expected. Two teams geographically close playing against each other. <laughs> yeah. um, how do we want to start this? Have we got a bracket to go through, Kurt, or are we just winging it? Um, which one should I begin with, Kurt? Oh, here we go. Okay, then. New York, Atlanta. Let's start there. Sell someone, even if you don't believe it, sell me on New York. What is the win condition here for New York? Uh, Atlanta, they end up playing some ash shit most of the time. New York plays this weird McCree type of thing. Feather pops off, and Jonak looks like Jonak, and they lose in five. So you're saying Feather, who's playing Reaper in the Reaper oh, wow. McCree comp with no Lucio, is going <laughs> yeah. to pop off by walking extremely slowly the Atlanta rain. Yes. <laughs> I, is like if anything, <laughs> I mean to I mean to me, maybe if Lanta tried to force the rush more and then they're still playing the Reaper Cree and they just win because they counterdive them. They just win the counter. Wait, sorry, say that again. So you think if Atlanta play a ton of dive. Like if they try to if they if they try to force the rush with right. If they're trying to force the zombie comp, you know, with wins with Gator on Winston and Hawk on Diva, and they try to run at them, and then they play this weird ass Arissa Diva for New York with Feather on Reaper and Floor on Cree, and they just win the counter dive. You okay. know, they All right. maybe. Okay, there's maybe. a win condition. Otherwise, I don't I think it's just gonna be I mean, realistically, I think Rain's gonna like 3-0 this. So Yeah. Yeah. I think this is I... gonna be a nasty little 3-0 to start us off as well. Yeah, I okay. can't see it. All right, sad um, news for New York fans. What about this one, though? The blockbuster rematch of the May Melee Finals. Dallas Fuel against the Shanghai I'm Dragons. I'm going to say this is going to be a 3-0 Dallas. Ooh. 3-0. Ooh. I, I think they're going to roll them. I, I don't know about 3-0. I agree with you that Dallas Fuel are such a tough team to beat, especially in this meta. Like, even if Shanghai Dragons come out to play the double shield, like, as I said earlier, Dallas Fuel, they're so hard to practice and, or not practice, but uh, prepare for and play against. I, yeah, I think Dallas Fuel is also they going also to win here. I don't think 3-0, though. I don't think... I, I think Dallas, for whatever reason... Remember the interview that uh, uh, Fearless did with Danny and... Uh... He, like, Danny kind of pressed him to say what he really felt. Like, for some reason, I feel like Dallas don't exactly like Shanghai. Or there's I something mean, there. Matt, Matt, it's not like Danny squeezed some god-tier juice out of him. He just said, Fearless, go on, say it, say it. And, and Fearless said, 
I think we're even better right now. He didn't say anything about Shanghai. He didn't say they were bad. He didn't say we want to crush I, them. He just said, no, we're there. really good. I think there's something there. I think Dallas 3-0s. I think it'll be like a 3-1 myself. Yeah, 3-1, yeah. I think. I predicted 3-1 because I think... See, uh, this is how I started to go up the rankings. I stopped giving teams pity maps, you know, not saying they wanted Fair to get enough. hit. They, uh... But I think that the way that these maps end up going, Dallas look unstoppable on control, especially against a team that doesn't play the zombie comp against them. Then uh, assault happens exactly the same. So the win condition for me is that Shanghai take them to Hollywood and win in a similar manner to um, how the Gladiators beat them. Doesn't have to be a full hold though. I think Shanghai look really good on Arisa comps. I think they can get the winner against them on uh, on Hollywood and then maybe end up losing on Junkertown. It could even be a three two though. But I, didn't really I, I yeah, maybe did this yeah. as a three one as well. And also, like, I don't want to, like, shit on New York, but I, I, I'm trying to make the point that, like, I think they are by far the underdog in this event. And if they happen to win, that's an incredible achievement. And that's, like, super respectable. I so I, I, I hate this thing where, like, people are pissed because you're not considering teams' alternatives or, like, chances to win or, like, you know, trying to be nice to them. Like, no, like, I'm, I'm going to be real about the Dallas, or not Dallas Fuel, New York Excelsior being the underdog by far here. So if they absolutely pop off and win here, that's going to be fucking sick, you know? Yeah. So, because I think a lot of people are going to sit there and be like, well, you're so mean against the New York Excelsior. They made it to the top four. You know, they beat Tangro Spark. But, like, I'm just trying to be real, you know? Yeah. I saw somebody put a interesting, I guess, uh, some kind of stat from our stats lab. That was uh, in 2021 uh, during uh, matches where a team plays Winston versus an Orisa comp in 615 team fights. The win percentage for the Winston team is 38% of the time. Uh, for the Dallas Fuel, that jumps up to like uh, 58% uh, playing against those Orisa comps. But that's not in just this meta. That is the whole league. That is uh that is this year right yeah which still is when you when you I, consider I, was anyone playing orissa last meta there were some people playing i mean I, there were some people playing orissa a little bit but it was still very not nearly as much as yeah. the stage so not nearly as much um atlanta against fuel in the upper bracket i think this one's gonna be a banger yeah, yeah. Same. I think this will be a banger. I think this is the match that could go the distance, but I think Fuel 3-2s. Yes, I had the exact same prediction. Yeah. Now, here's my question. Who actually wins the mirror, oh. the, the Moira Lucio mirror in, in this fuel. match? Is it, is it Hugo? Is Hugo it just, just straight up, up Fuel? On me. No contest? I don't, I don't actually... <laughs> okay, but I'm not too high on that. We've seen Dallas Fuel's... Not, well, I mean, they've had close matches with Florida Mayhem in the mirror. And they also got beat by the San Francisco Shock in the mirror. To me, Dallas Fuel, they haven't looked super dominant on the Echo Reaper mirror. The, like, the impressive wins are when they've played against shitty double shield teams like the Houston Outlaws who fuck it up. That's where Dallas Fuel look impressive with this composition. So I actually think against, like... I mean, I guess they beat the LA Gladiators too in a very, like, impressive way. Yeah. But I, I feel like the Dallas Fuel, if it comes down to the mirror especially... I'm not going to think that they're going to be, like, the favorite by far. I actually think Atlanta Rain has a pretty good shot in the mirror. It's, like, a 60-40, 65-35, maybe. So I'm not going to count Atlanta Rain out if they decide to mirror here. And then Atla uh, Atlanta Rain, they have the benefit of being able to go to Orisa maps and get, like, a map to some advantage as well. So I think it's going to be very close. 
Did Matt just say his dog pissed on him? Yeah. No, his dog threw up on him. Not pissed. Oh, threw yeah. up on him. Okay. Hugo Wonderful. threw up. He had... <laughs> so I don't know what happened to Hugo. I mean, actually, that's a really fair point, Johnny. I, ha- I totally forgot that their mirror wasn't looking that good. But I think... W- because they did play against the mirror in the Glads at one point, right? Didn't Glads yeah, try to mirror them? The first map. And they won. Yeah. It was really close, but they did win. Yeah, yeah. So... I- uh, to me, I feel like Fuel has been improving on the mirror is the thing. And yeah, also, I trust going, yeah. them. I do trust them because this comp seems to fit their style pretty well, even if they looked rough in the mirror at the beginning. So I still believe in them overall, especially sure. because Rain is in an interesting situation where it seems like if they want to play the mirror, they want to play Edison and they yes. don't want to play Kai. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's like a player they're not typically rotating in as well, which doesn't mean Edison's bad, but more so it could throw off synergies. Um it also so, just, I, yeah, I'm so yeah. I'm so confident in them. In I it. think it also and also I think Fearless Hanbin are a much better Winston Diva combo. So yeah, uh, it it concerns me slightly that swap for Edison because if you if you're playing say Hanamura against the Dallas Fuel and you realize that your Arisa compositions just aren't good enough to be able to stop them and you want to make the swap over to mirror them in the in the zombie comp, does Kai end up playing Reaper there and he just plays for you anyway? I guess that's what would happen. Or maybe they just wouldn't want to mirror because they don't want to put Kai in an uncomfortable situation doing that. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just see them Matt. played on control and that's hey. it, maybe. I okay. agree. Um, let's move down to lower bracket round one. It is New York playing against Shanghai in our bracket. Is this just another 3-0 to Shanghai? I would expect that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Saj. Well, Saj. let's move on. But Shanghai. New York does better than that. I think this is, like Johnny said, miraculous, and New York can maybe be considered a contender, or we could just get into the next stage and APAC continues to boom us forever, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could do better than this, and it still wouldn't be spectacular. If they won a map in each series, it wouldn't be spectacular. They wouldn't be blowing the fucking barn doors off. But, yeah. Um, Shanghai, I think, match up better against Atlanta Reign than they do against Dallas. Is that a, is yes. that a hot take? I feel like... It, I think that's a, fair. In Orissa games, I think that they could take them. I, I predicted a 3-2 win here for Atlanta, but I could definitely see Shanghai winning this. I like Atlanta too. I re- don't... Yeah. The reason I predicted the 3-2 is because I think Atlanta should have the advantage on control maps. So I feel like they just have an innate advantage in the series because they can play zombie combo when it comes to control maps. If, if Shanghai were good enough to beat that, that composition on control, they probably have a good shot of being able to beat Dallas anyway. So they're not in the lower bracket anyway. So in our bracket, yeah. I think they probably just lose to Atlanta as well. I, I don't... Last, in, in the, the main melee, I underrated the Shanghai Dragons a little bit. And I don't want to get put in that same position this time around. I feel like they have played this Orisa comp now for a while. They have Flat and Lip, which, you know could hold their own against Pelican and Kai. I feel like this is a bit of a coin toss, and I don't want to underrate Shanghai Dragons here. I feel like they could definitely win here. They are just such an experienced team. They adapt so well. I, if you 3-0 the New York Excelsior, you also have that momentum going into the next match. Like, you know, like we, we meme about it, but the number one and number two seed has been cursed in the qualification games. Um, yeah. So... 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could definitely see Shanghai Dragons winning this one too. I just don't want to like us all to just talk about the Atlanta Reign and how they're going to win this match. So what? I definitely would think you, Shanghai Dragons could get into Would you predict again. the 3-2 here for Dragons? Um, I mean, I'd seriously think about it. Like, I, this is one of those matches where I could see myself flipping like the night before. Right, right. Like, for sure. Absolutely, I could see Shanghai Dragons winning here. Like, you have I mean, Lip and you have Fleta. The, the, the only thing I'm worried about, really, is the Echo matchup. Because I think that Pelican, he is so proactive and so aggressive. Like, the value he got against the Shanghai Dragons was so impressive. Or, fuck, man. I'm so tired. The Shanghai... No! The, the value Pelican got no, against Pelican. the San Francisco Shock right. was so damn impressive. Because he's proactive. He's aggressive, right? He gets into the back line of the San Francisco Shock. He finds pick. And, like, the Fleta, he... Yes, they've... Pocketed Fleta a lot with the Mercy. He gets a lot of value that way. But I still feel like Fleta lacks that decisive aggression at times to just like snap into a carry roll. And Pelican has that vibe around him that he can just like fuck up an opponent's backline out of nowhere and just like win some of these fights by himself. It's a bit of like the Shamer Shodan is from last year with the Genji. And I feel like Pelican has that EQO kind of aggression, whereas Fleta, he. he you know, he's consistently probably like a top three or a top three echo in the world. Let's but when it comes who are you in? Display, shut up. <laughs> dude, like, fuck, man. I, I Johnny, think... are you okay? Are you good over no, there? I'm dude, not okay. All I said about this morning is how I fucking haven't slept and I'm boomed and I'm super tired. But I'm here in a way trying to put on a show. So I'm sorry. I'm stumbling over my words. I'm sorry. I just feel like shit. But yes, I think Shanghai Dragons will be very competitive here. Yeah, you should apologize to all the viewers. <laughs> so so you have not actually answered the question. You've just said that this is an insanely close game. I could predict the Shanghai Dragons 3-2. Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll do it, okay? It's not going to matter because you're going to vote me down. But well, so you're picking the basis off of the other two. Are you picking them off the basis of that you believe that you, they can actually win this game or off of the basis of... You underrated no, them of the last course. time and you don't no, want to be the I'm same No, I'm telling spot. you, they have Lip Fleta against Pelican and Kai. Very respectable DPS matchup. Yeah. They have Fate and Void against Gator and Hawk. And they've already settled in and started playing this Reason composition. They could very well just outplay the Atlanta Reign on their own game. For sure, absolutely, Shanghai Dragons have the player personnel and the experience and the adaptability to beat Atlanta Reign on their own composition. So they, they could do it for sure. By the way... Shang, whereas Atlanta are playing a lot of Arissa Diva right now, with Hawk being extremely proactive in shutting down opposing Winstons, Void is mostly playing Sigma. And that, to me, raises its own question in terms of what adaptations do they make, not just in terms of the DPS line and, and um, that kind of stuff, but what adaptations do they make against rush comms? Like, does Void actually end up playing a lot of D.Va to try and shut that down? Or are they just going to try and stay on double shield? Because I, I just have no idea how Shanghai is going to deal with ZombieCon. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it quickly enough. I I've wonder if they even come out and try it. Here, let's hear Matt. Matt, what are you going to say? Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I think Atlanta wins the series. I think... I mean, I think if you were to say that Shanghai can come out, I, I also think you probably learn way more about this bracket after seeing how Shanghai deals with the Dallas fuel. Like if if yeah. if Shanghai is able to, you know, keep it closed with the Dallas fuel and Dallas fuel is playing the zombie comp and win or lose, you like Shanghai to make it probably all the way back to the finals. Uh, 
if, if Shanghai just kind of gets you know, rolled over and it's clear that the aggression just, they can't deal with it, I think then that kind of poses a problem, not against New York, but, uh, but more against Atlanta. Uh, I would take Atlanta because I think we've seen more variation from them, more look. I think Pelican has also been just a fucking psycho, so... Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's all it comes down to, right? Is that APEC does not have not played against this rush comp very heavily. Pelican looks to be the best echo potentially in the whole league right now. And yeah. like also Atlanta are confident enough that if they needed to, they could match them in the mirror of the Arisa hit scan echo, right? So overall, I think Atlanta looks like the far better team currently. And I don't know if Shanghai has the depth. To deal with because i would have said if if even if if rain had won yesterday but had not played the rush like if they just only double shielded i would probably vote shanghai for this yeah, match agreed yeah. but because rain came out and looked really competent on the rush comp i feel much more confident in rain heading into here because they've looked good on both the double the, you know the shield the risa comp and also with the rush so i feel it's a rain three two but i think this could be a very close matchup Okay. I think it's going to be a rain fee too. Well, before we go to the final, I also had people in my chat asking me just before I did this, what are the chances that Atlanta Rangers shits the bed? They haven't been in a playoff scenario like this where they've had a serious chance of being able to win. It's They're flying over to Hawaii. They have some players that um, they've... Well, it's not that the players have flopped before in clutch scenarios or anything like that, but they've never realized their potential. They've never done that before. What do you think the chances are that they just turn up to Hawaii and just bomb out or massively underperform expectations? Maybe they beat New York, but then they just get 3 0 by everyone else. And it just, it's, it's like, possible. oh, old Atlanta's back. Uh, and I think it's more of the fact that, uh, I think with how the structure is, especially like, I guess, if you're an NA team, like feeling that you just make it out of the knockouts and the way they feel, they feel like they probably already accomplished something, right? And then they you almost forget there's still two other teams from the other region you have to go up against, and then the yeah. one team from your own. To where, yeah, maybe they, maybe they, or even, uh, I mean, honestly, New York plays fucking weird. Maybe they overlook New York, think it's going to be a walkover, and it's just not that. Uh, that like you never know. Uh, I think. I think obviously it'll be a learning experience for some of these players from the standpoint that every other team has players who are experienced in these kind of big game end of season playoff moments. Like even New York has Jonak, right? Uh, who, who kind of is used to these type of games. Uh, I, I hope they don't bomb out because I really do feel like it's this team's kind of opportunity moment. Like uh, this is kind of, Everything seems to be clicking as good as it possibly could click for Atlanta. Yeah, I don't. I don't consider Atlanta that that kind of team. Falters under pressure like that. I feel like if anything, they have a very strong mental. I mean, didn't they like, get reverse swept by Defiant? Yeah, true. But that was also like you know, there's a lot of asterisks there. I feel like with the meta, you know, it was yeah uh, leaning towards Winston meta and. Um, Atlanta Reign have been playing a ton of rush leading into the season. Like, I feel like there's some context, context required there. When it comes to, like, playoff performances and, like, living up to the expectations and stuff like that, I feel like Atlanta Reign, I don't, I don't see them doing that. I don't see them bumping out like that. I, like, I, I think Kai and Pelican are still going to fuck on land. 
Well, it's not even land, but just like traveling. Yeah. I believe in the players. It's just that Atlanta have never got in a good position to even have the opportunity to choke before. They've just never been good enough to choke. If if you if you're a top team, you can choke because expectations are high. I don't feel like Atlanta have ever even been in a position where they're like, oh, they're gonna win, they're gonna win, and then they underperform. It's just been constant mediocrity for them up until this point that I think that's part of the reason that people don't believe in them here. I think this bracket's going to be very controversial because people are going to be like, oh, how the fuck are you overrating Atlanta this much? Anyway. You think yeah. so? Yeah. I think so, yes, because I was talking to my chat about it and they were molding at me. I, I think people, I think people, <laughs> as someone does, I was also a rain doubter too. And this, the shock match convinced me um, pretty heavily. I mean, even their earlier matches, they were looking pretty good, like this stage. But this shock, the shock match convinced me when I saw their depth, I was like, pretty good like that's not bad so okay. I, I i feel like you have to be kind of crazy not to see that rain is looking and the thing is we don't really know if dragons are going to lose or not it's just i have seen less depth from dragons and i think pelican currently is the best echo in the league so okay. it's i think it's fair to put a three two all right well let's move on to the finals then my hot take when i did my bracket was that atlanta were going to win this four three and I know that that is a Oof. hot take considering Wowzers. we already predicted them losing it overall. And that would not be, you know, the safe money is on the Dallas Fuel. Don't get me wrong. The safe money is there. Here's my argument, though. In this series, because it's a BO7, there are more escort maps. And in fact, there are more escort and hybrid maps than there are control maps. You play control twice. So Dallas Fuel could go up 3-2, same as they would in a BO5. And then the next two maps are another hybrid and escort where you would favor the Atlanta Reign. So I feel like there's a pretty good argument here, just looking at the map types, where Atlanta have more of them, where Arisa comps are better. Now, wh whether or not you believe they're still going to win when it comes to the Arisa comps against the zombie, that's, that's something different, right? But if you do believe in Atlanta's Arisa comps, it's more likely they win the final than they win the upper bracket final just because of the way the map types work. So I, I fucking went for it. I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Go for a punt. 4-3 win. Crazy shit. It's possible. I also think, too, I went back to go look at the main melee. We never got the two NA teams against each other, which no. obviously you reduce the ping from 90 down to basically zero and you have the better tournament client servers it's going to make a difference uh, where some of those escort maps are the large what like junker town is in the pool uh Dorado, Rialto. Dorado, junker town Dorado, Rialto. Rialto. you can't you Dallas, somebody Dallas like can't even pick on, a like, good map for them and you pit somebody like kai on the ash of the Widowmaker on like the zero ping type scenario there like he could just fucking farm uh i also think as well like Atlanta's rush doesn't look tragic to the point that they couldn't steal a control or something along those lines. Yeah. Like, it's it's definitely possible. Uh, I think if their if they're Arisa comps hold against, like, the, the teams like you know, Shanghai and even Dallas, you know, we have them losing Dallas 3-2, having some extra escort maps and some time to prep, it's, it's doable. It is doable. I think this is where you would have the question, is the moment, like, too big for them, right? Would be this type of scenario. Sure. I mean, Dallas did it last time. We know that Dallas can do stuff like right. I think, I think regardless what happens in this series, it's not going to be easy for the Dallas Fuel. Like, I don't... 
I, I don't see them finding an answer that's going to be like the key to beating the Atlanta Reign and their slower comps. So it's definitely going to be close. Yeah. I feel like Dallas Fuel, they still have that presence though. Like they, they just have that they just have that swagger. Like in grand finals, in elimination moments, like when it's you know, when it really matters. Um that doesn't mean a whole lot, but it still matters a little bit. I I I definitely think Atlanta Reign has a chance here. But I think it's hard to make the argument that um, Atlanta Rain are favorites because of the map types and the comp, the, yeah. uh, comp difference as well. It, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a bit of like a 55-45 or a 60-40 here. I think it's... I think Rain also, in my personal view, when I look at the matchup, Rain are just a better version of Gladiators this stage right now. Um, instead of relying heavily on Bird Ring... Like, you know, instead of relying heavily on, like, a Reaper to open up their fights, they rely incredibly heavily on their Echo to open up their fights for them. Um, Could you... Sorry, go on. And so, to me... And also, they're slightly more reliant on their Double Shield than Gladiators are. Uh, but when I see that matchup, then I extrapolate it to, it's like, well, Fuel struggled in Glad's comps, then... And I look at the depth that Rain have shown, I still feel like Fuel are favored, because they've sort of seen... They've seen... The pretty much the strongest you can get to anti dive now with the glads composition, the mirror on Torb and like the anti zombie. And now they're dealing with pretty much something that's going to be a little bit less focused on countering their rush and more so getting picks a little bit early with Kai on the ash. Yeah. Uh, so and then like having Pelican also patrol the fights a lot more on the flanks. So they have a lot more opportunities to also if they can punish Pelican, um, and keep. Kai from getting a lot of space, they have a lot more options to open it up than as opposed to when Glad's when they wanted them to fight them heavily, they wanted to take this engage and like they didn't want to have the space. So to me, I still think Fuel are favored when you, when I look at the stylistic matchups between the two and what they would have learned from their match versus Glad's and their overall performance so far. But I think Rain have enough star power to make it close still, and that it's going to be like a four three for Fuel. But I still think Fuel are favored overall because I just think. They've learned so much from their previous matchups now that they can see how Atlanta are going to play. And they would actually prefer Atlanta to play a little bit with a little bit more spacing because that gives them the options to set up their coal engages more aggressively um, and things like that. So I actually think this is a, a, this is like a good matchup for them still. It's just going to be hard because Atlanta is just currently an amazing team. I'd give it a 4-3 to Dallas people, I think. All right. That's about cool. as... Matt, are you on board with the Dallas, the safe yeah. money? Yeah, I think I think Dallas is the safe pick here. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think we'll learn a lot more after those first two matches, but I still yeah. feel really confident in terms of uh, Dallas's ability to adjust. I mean, this is a team that we've talked about them not being able to play optimally so much but it doesn't really seem to matter like they're always seeming to come up with an answer which uh, which is funny because we memed on rush in that interview at the beginning of the season yeah. saying just that <laughs> uh and they they've done it so uh until we see them really get punished for not being able to play or do certain things i believe they're going to come up with answers fair enough um i summarized this bracket as well by saying that I do actually think any of the top three teams could win. Like we, we knocked Shanghai yeah. out in our bracket in the lower bracket final. I think they could still win. I think it's, yeah. very, it's very possible that they could come up with an answer in this week to be able to beat the, uh, 
the zombie comp when it comes to control and they can play really well defensively and they end up bullying out the rest of the teams, make it to a final, get a win. I, I think the only team that doesn't have a shot is New York. Is that yeah. is that how the rest of you are thinking or is is there some different tier differences in your heads? You mean you work, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. Like, you know, Shanghai loses to Dallas in like a 3-0 fashion. Uh, could, could New York upset Shanghai in that first round of losers? maybe (laughs) i don't see that happening i don't see it happen either but like that would be the only way they would ever i mean that that'd be the only way they would do something like that right okay uh but i i still think there's a very 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 good chance that new york goes uh oh two okay uh also this is a uh we haven't talked about it a ton this would be the halfway point of the season where typically we have like clear cut like mvp candidates it seems like it's a little bit more open this year yeah. uh i think you probably would still say fearless uh yeah but even, probably. it's it's it not as open. clear as it was after the main melee though yeah i, I mean it Definitely might be not. it might become more clear at the end of this because if they manage to win again then you got to pick somebody from Dallas. <laughs> Pe- Pelican is, is Pelican a runaway for like rookie of the year potentially? I think Pelican is looking. Well. I mean, Nisha. yeah, I think shy as well. Nisha, true. Nisha. I mean, at one point you could have said Gaga for Chengdu. That was my prediction for rookie of the year, but yeah. it has not been coming true <laughs> yeah. so far. I think with how they're playing. Yeah. Um, I think so, yeah, I as well so. has an outside shot. He's seven and one right now. The team's doing incredibly well. He's been a mainstay in that roster. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, we can do a open. we can do a recap of those kind of topics once we get to the middle of the season because we'll have a week break after the June joust, right? I think we do have yeah. a week break after all the stages, so we have a week there to just kind of take stock of the entire season. And take a look at everybody's standings, see where they see where they're at, what the second half of the season looks like, see what time every, or what at what point some of our winless teams will get their first W on the board, <laughs> along with other stuff like that. So we can do a bit of a blockbuster segment then. Yeah. But as for now, it is time for the most important segment. Oh yeah. Uh, do we want to do power rankings? I don't mind doing them, but I feel like it is odd to do them now because i don't know i don't think we need to do yeah. them now no you do I'll them? i'm boomed it's up to you. Do it next week i i but, think well, i think week. we do them next week after after the june joust because then we yeah, can also do point. full global power rankings and we can try and do it like that yeah. Yeah. all right yeah the people love when we do those <laughs> they do the people they mold do. every time all right it's time for the most important segment of the week though it is friends Player of the Week, presented by T-Mobile. My Bren's Player of the Week from Bren, presented by T-Mobile this week, is, I think, going to be a fairly uncontroversial pick. Oh, he came out, okay. he slapped, he's looking good. If the meta continues in his favor for the rest of the year, he could be in the running for Rookie of the Year. He could even be an outside shot for MVP. If the meta continues this way, I'm giving it to the bird person himself. It's Pelican. Pelican is Bren's player of the week presented by T-Mobile. I don't even think... I mean, was was there anyone else that you guys would consider candidates? I feel like Pelican just came out and whapped it this week. Yeah. 
He was he was fucking. I honestly I mean, that guy think was, of another person. Nah, he do. was dominating. We sacrificed yeah. Seagull so we could get Pelican. <laughs> Seagull's yeah. come back to streaming, hasn't he? I think he just tweeted yeah, this week. God. He says he's gonna come back. Yeah. Yeah. I've been looking for people to watch. I miss Seagull. Yeah, Some of the fun. people on Twitch are boring. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Hey, uh, man. There's some good well, Overwatch streamers out there. There's a few of them. There's plenty. I, doubt oh, I mean, Seagull I watch other things. Unless so you're just variety. Yeah, Seagull going to be playing Overwatch? Yeah. True. <laughs> I, well, maybe Apex. I watch, oh. I watch just Custa and Johnny just watch Overwatch games that I've already watched. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, I think Pelican, though... Uh, it's a really good story for Atlanta, and I think he has clearly been great on the Echo, but like you say, Josh, like what happens if we move away from this, right? Uh, what on live? Uh, I don't know if Echo... Did Echo get any actual adjustments to her kit? Just the ultimate charge rate, right? I think it was just uh, the ult. I, but, I believe Moira she's already, got some changes. She's already but... playing with a nerf right now, In the well, compared to right. how she was previously, where if you come out of her duplicate, she has 100 HP max. Or rather... I think now it's... Minimum. The 17% alt charge increase, so that'll be pretty significant. Moira gets that as well. Uh, I still think, though, Echo is so strong. Like, she's able to fly. The the damage, uh, I mean, the... Uh, <laughs> The fucking damage. Sorry, uh, that like, is so fucking funny. You're like, she's so strong. She can fly. Yeah, she can fucking fly. Yeah, uh, so the focusing Farah. beam. The focusing beam, I think, is like as controversial as like when they introduce Sigma's flux that does fifty percent HP. Like, focusing beam just nukes down tanks, and even a lot of the times. Tanks can't even react because the echo's directly above their head, shooting the beam yeah. down. They're just they're dead instantly. Uh, I think I think Echo will still remain strong throughout the year unless there's like you know nerfs to her sticky bombs or damage or something along those lines. Uh, some quite... people were arguing on Twitter that uh, it's yeah. just because of the hero pool. There's no counters. Well, I mean, if you think about it, last meta, last stage, Echo Echo popped up, but was definitely not the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think played. it is 100. I think currently it is 100% the hero pools. Why she is the focus of the meta? Will she probably yeah. still be good? Yeah. Do I think she's like a better Pharah? Yeah. But I just think that she's never gonna be the the focus unless we with without like hero pools essentially because like it requires the fact that like well you can play like this rush comp with Echo. Well imagine if you were able to play like Babzin or if you were able to play like May Ryan. Right. There's so many options that you could have just like shattered this comp with. But because we don't have any of the counter comps, it's impossible to do so. Mm. Also, I think that um, she she definitely did pop her head in and out of the the meta in the main melee, though, right? And I think that it's, yeah, she did. It's it's something that we could definitely see enough over the course of the season that Pelican could make an impact to be Rookie of the Year. I think it's quite unlikely that he becomes MVP. Echo, I think, would have to dominate the meta for that to be the case, and he'd have to continue being the best. But Rookie of the Year is pretty wide open. It's It really is, like, yeah. between him, Shy, and then you've got outside shots of, like, Nisha, Piggy, stuff like that. It's it's yeah. a it's a wide open race there for somebody like him. And I love that this year, Rookie of the Year, is not just an MVP in disguise. It actually does mean these are the rookies that did well. In all of the other years, it was just the best players in the league were rookies. Like every year, season one, two, and three, the best players in the league were rookies. It, it's only really Fleda winning MVP, but that, that was almost Alarm. <laughs> like Alarm could definitely have won that too. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, uh, we do have the Widowmaker 1v1 this weekend. I just saw the leagues uh, tweeted out that uh, Pine will actually be competing in it. Okay. So right. we'll, uh, we'll see Pine and the Widow 1v1. All right. Okay. Why not? Why not, huh? That is... Could you imagine he just comes out, just dunks on everybody, wins the Widow 1v1, and then... Just like, oh, I mean, there's been a lot of competition that's gone now. I mean, with Diem being off the out of the field, right? He's like, the back -to -back there is like champion. Yeah, there, there's a lot of competition gone. It. Yeah, so. Diem and Ansel, but he has the... some new ones like Oni God, who I think is actually could be like a fairly decent op opponent for the Widow One v One. So wait, are they playing on ping? I don't know. Are they playing uh, on ping, or is it only I an impact? I believe the uh, the Widow One v One will be uh, between Widows on the final four teams oh, oh okay uh, not mistaken so mm. uh i mean dallas i think you obviously i mean they have kai yeah kai yeah you is... can see uh pine kai Faleta, and flora yeah well, i mean lip could play instead of flutter as well i don't know which one of yeah. them would even play there but a guang still four pretty well. good widow makers though guang boon might just come out and slap his big old <laughs> widow dick on the table that, He'd be the only one from New York to win that weekend. He collects his, <laughs> collects his Widow 1, 1v1 money and then just does like, he is, he is the DM of NYXL. It's his, <laughs> it's his duty. All right, very good. Um, that does it for this episode. That was episode 90 as well. We are getting so wow. close to the big 100. I think 100 Holy is going to be pretty much aligned with the end of the season. We're about 10 weeks away from the end, aren't we? What should we do for episode 100? Let's sacrifice Bren to the gods. No? Yeah, I'm no. okay with that. I mean, it depends on how <laughs> no? we do it, okay. though. All right. How many... Nope. Yeah. We could, we could all fly out to Hawaii. We could do a live episode from Hawaii. I'd be totally down. I, would <laughs> I haven't been to Hawaii yet. I would love to go to Hawaii. Yeah, I've never been. So. We could all do a giant hot tub stream. Four of us in the hot tub with melon bikinis. I'm, we should. We sh yeah, maybe, okay. maybe I'll come out to you guys for episode 100. Or why Ooh. don't you just come out to us? What? Yeah, let's port the studio to LA. That seems like yeah, a much better idea. A majority of us are here. That's not true. Avast is in Dallas. Uh, I'm in Dallas. Texas, yeah, so, but he's I mean, far away, though. That's pretty far. Well, also, I'm closer Kurt, to him than I am to you. Kurt is a more integral part of the show than you are. So he, he surely counts That's for true. a large we can't do anything without Kurt. Where people so are. Better, yeah, keep being members so we can keep Kurt. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, actually. I told people last episode that we would shout them out. So, oh, kind of uh, didn't prep for this part of it, did we? Good thing I brought it up. Yeah, it is a very good thing that you brought it up. Because There's nothing I don't know more sideshow than making uh, promises to his fans and, and chat and then not following uh, through. I'm so Am tired right? of this guy. I streamed yeah. for the first time in 16 days today and people were like, ah, the annual sideshow stream. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think I it's funny that they. Yeah, Josh, okay. Josh is just back for his money grab, you know. <laughs> so I love that. They do that to Josh when I'm the one that actually disappears. I yeah, pull the Clint I know Stevens you are. Kurt so, is trying to interject with some names of members, though. I think. So we, I believe you announced it on the Valorant podcast, Platchat Valorant, about Did I? announcing the members. Yes, because last week we didn't have memberships enabled. We didn't have memberships enabled oh. yet for. So I was filling out the process and got approved. We got approved like a couple days ago, and nice. we have one member. Yo, we have one member. We have one member. member? Timothy Poe. 
Yo, Timothy! Joined zero days ago. So apparently Yo. they joined today. Thank oh, you, joined Timothy. Today. Nice. Yo, Timmy. I think Kurt. The first, that's perfect, though, that the first member is a little Timmy. That, that is, is Timmy. just perfect. That is pretty good. <laughs> I think the way we should do this from now on is Kurt should just read the member's name and then we just say welcome to member after. Okay. Yeah. And what happens if, if we have the, like 100 members? And we do it really Kurt's fast. Kurt's got the, he's got a mic. Y'all got I mean, phones if you just do like a you? scrolling text Y'all got, got phones. And we, and we do it from there. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. we'll figure it out. Now, this here's a PSA then. We do have memberships enabled on our channel. We would really appreciate it if you if you feel interested, if you've enjoyed our content enough to become a member of the channel. We would appreciate that. If you're unfamiliar with what that is because you're a little Twitch frog, basically it's the same as being a Twitch sub. It gets a slightly higher percentage of the pie goes to us instead of going to the website. But overall, it's just a way of being somebody who is supporting the channel without us having to use an outside website like Patreon or something like that. We'll probably create stuff that incentivizes people to become members of the channel. But for now, it's essentially just it's a really way of, ominous. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get you guys some stuff. Yeah, don't worry about we'll it. We'll do yeah. shit. We'll do shit in the future, but we've just enabled it, and it's just a way of people showing their appreciation at the moment. We do very much appreciate people who've become members, but it's not in any way obliged. All of the content that you see here, the regular podcasts and stuff like that, will continue to be just freely available for everybody while we produce insane amounts of podcasts. If you want to be a member, be a member. If you don't want to be a member, don't be a member. Still watch the show. We love you There you go. There you go. We appreciate it all. There we go. And that's it. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a comment below whether you preferred Lynx or Dalton's Pizza. And we'll see you next time. Bye.